0: Welcome, everyone, to Comics from the Multiverse, episode 356. I am Peter, and joining me, as always, is Matt. Hey, what's cracking? Connor's not here. He was supposed to be here, but informed his very last minute that he could not make it. So, uh... Something about being
1: chased by a pack of wild dogs.
0: (laughs) No, one tiny dog that's not threatening at all, but somehow he will still break his arm.
1: Right, we we know that, but, you know, when he says a pack of dogs, it's just assuming it's, you know, puppies from the store.
0: So, yeah, this is the DC Comics Podcast. We get together, we talk about the comics we read this week. Coming up on this week's show, we have Green Lantern, Issue 1. We have Superman Lost, Issue 3. Spirit World, Issue 1. Stargirl and the Lost Children, Issue 6. Danger Street, Issue 6. And I've got a Patreon book to talk about, which is Batman and the Outsiders, Issue 3. So that's what's coming up on the week's show. A couple of interesting things in there. There's a little bit of news as well. But of course, there is always time for a Comixology Top 10. Isn't that right, Matt? Yep. <laughs> oh, he sends so defeat. I love it. Uh, all right. So we'll look at Tuesday's uh, current rankings right now. Because they're split by Tuesday and Wednesday for whatever reason. Yep. So uh, all right. Number one book from Tuesday, as of right now in commentsology, Matt. What do you think it is? Green Lantern, number one. It is! Very good. So, yeah, Green Lantern issue was number one. Number two is Superman Lost. Number e. three is Batman White Night Presents Generation Joker. Number four <laughs> is Stargirl The Lost Children. Number five is Danger Street. Number six is Wildcats. Number seven is Spirit World. And number eight is Batman Incorporated. Number 9 is Batman The Adventures Continues, and number 10 is Sandman Universe Nightmare Country. So, uh, that's pretty much all the major single issues uh, in that top 10. Uh, Pretty much right after that, we were into trades and collections and stuff. Uh, Notably, the newest uh, Tom Taylor Superman trade, and the Champion of Shazam uh, collection. Hmm. uh, Both out this past week, so... um, yeah, nothing super surprising. Green Lantern's a big enough character to get an issue on, particularly on a week that doesn't have a Batman book. <laughs> it means that it yeah. probably is number well,
1: one. And the fact that it's been a while since there's been a
0: published Green Lantern book. You it's know, not really it's been, been quite, that long. It's been uh, quite a few months since that John book ended. Yeah, months, but not... Yeah. Sometimes we get a new number one for a character that's not been around in years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but Green Lantern's always one of those
1: ones that it just feels like it can carry multiple books. So when there's not one... It's weird. Never fails. Uh, dogs did alright, I guess. Yeah, they're fine. Wife just came back from under the store, so they get excited.
0: Very good, very good. Uh so anywho, anywho. Uh yeah. we'll look at Wednesday's books as well, see how they're doing. Mm-hmm. So um Wednesday's books, what do you think number one is, Matt?
1: I'm looking to see if there's some like uh new X-Men initiative before, (laughs) because that's my go-to, which my friend on free comic book day, who's a massive X-Men fan, gave me the Cliff's Notes of what's been going on, so now I understand what Sins of Sinister was. Um, Did I retain any of it? Not really, because it was a lot at one time. But my guess is going to be X-Men Red, number 11, as number one.
0: That is correct. I would argue if you didn't retain any of it, then you don't really understand (laughs) it. But... I understood it in the
1: time and there's, uh, apparently there's four different Sinisters, each of a different card suit, and each of them have a a different set of, like, uh, cloning, like, uh, philosophies. So, like, there's one with, you know, our Mr. Sinister that we're used to has the diamond, there's one with the heart, there's one with the club, there's one with the spade, um, and now it just seems like it's when they were dropping all the, the lantern stuff on us. So... Uh, it's just a lot, but it was interesting
0: in the moment. Okay, okay. Uh, but <laughs> X Men Res Number One, Number Two is Amazing Spider Man. Twenty-five. Uh, Twenty-five, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a JRJR cover. It does look like that, doesn't it? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. How, why is the two five so big on the cover of that one? That's weird. Yeah. Uh, Number Three is X. Oh, sorry. Number Three is Wolverine, Issue Thirty Three. Sorry. Up. Uh, Number Four is Saga, Issue. 64, so Mm -hmm. that's still going strong. Uh, Daredevil 11 is number five. Uh, Number six is Nemesis Reloaded, issue five. Yeah, Mark Uh, Miller just sells, doesn't he? Well, speaking of, number seven, The Ambassadors, issue four, also Mark Miller. Mm -hmm. So that's three non Marvel books so far out of the the first seven. Yeah, it's not bad. So uh, the rest are Marvel, admittedly, but still, three is pretty good. Uh, Number eight is Invincible Iron Man, issue six. Number nine is Rogue and Gambit issue three. And number ten is Captain Marvel issue forty nine. Uh so credit to uh Kelly Thompson who's uh I assume it's getting at least an issue fifty. If, if mm-hmm. not just continuing. But I imagine they're at least giving it an issue fifty to finish up if, if it isn't going to any further. Yeah. So very good. Um so yeah, that's pretty much it. There's not really a whole lot of uh surprises or exciting things. Uh, there was a new Silk miniseries started this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see that here in the uh Yep. In the list. But uh, that's pretty much it.
1: So, um, on League Comic Geeks, you have to go down quite a few to get to the Miller stuff. So, that just seems like maybe that's something really well digitally through comicsology.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it could be the sort of people who read Mark Miller books mm-hmm. just read Mark Miller books and a few other yep. indies and don't. Uh, necessarily you know tick all the boxes on League of Comic Geeks yeah. uh, the same way yep. that uh, other people might who are reading mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff from everywhere. I don't know. Uh, just some speculation. But uh, that's Ooh. the Comic Top Ten.
1: There's a new Colin Bunn Leomax book called Ghost Lore. That looks pretty cool. So looking on that one. That was that was right in between the Mark Miller stuff. That's what I am high.
0: Okay. Interesting. Uh, but we also do have a bit of news this week, A uh, couple of, and it's comic specific, this is not movie news or whatever, although I think there were some casting rumors for the Superman movie just like mm-hmm. a couple hours ago, but honestly nothing that exciting, uh, so we'll, we'll save that until there's actually some proper news news. But uh, we have two big things coming up, well, one of them's big, the other one's just kind of a special, but uh, we have a big reveal for something that's going to be a, a major part of Tom King's Wonder Woman run. Uh, so, debuting in Wonder Woman issue 800, so make sure you all uh, pre-order if you definitely want that, comic. Yep. Uh Trinity, a new character that is Wonder Woman's daughter from the future. Uh, when I say from the future, I mean, like, you know, the, the image that they've put out of her is an adult, mm. so this is her in the future. Right. I suspect there may be a kid version <laughs> in the, the present yeah. day at some point, but uh, yeah, so... They, they made this big reveal about this this week. Uh, Tom King's done the interview rounds uh, specifically with uh, IGN, I think. Uh, so, mm. I don't know, thoughts, feelings? There's now a, a Wonder Woman daughter coming into the mix.
1: I mean, uh, one of the images I saw was her and Damien and John, but it was Damien in the, the trench coat Batman mm. suit from Batman 666, and then John looking like just a, a much older version of himself. Um, and it was, it was a, a shot from behind. So it looked like they were going into somewhere. So, uh, curious that her name is Trinity. Um, I get it. That's what that means. Yeah. With, uh, or like also like, is she, does she actually have like a, a human dad or is it more like Diana, you know, doing what her mom did, right? The molding from clay type deal. So like, she's a third iteration or something. Is that I even know. canon though though? I don't even know. I, I kind of liked it. I kind of <laughs> liked that uh, versus her being Zeus's daughter. Yeah,
0: um, I don't you know. think that's canon. I mean, I could. I mean, honestly, yeah. like I can never keep track of what right what version well, of the origin we're on. But I, I, I want to say it's yeah. not canon right now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the name makes enough sense to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tom King doing interviews has been kind of saying that he liked the idea of Damien and John having a younger sister they can look after mm-hmm. and. It kind of mirrors his kids, because he has three kids, two of which are mm. pretty much the Holy. same age, and then one who's, like, five years younger, and mm-hmm. that's kind of... I mean, admittedly, she'll be at least 13, 14 years younger than Damien, uh, unless yeah. there's some tammy-wamy nonsense to uh, mm-hmm. get into things. Uh, or she secretly had this kid, like, years ago, <laughs> and it just yeah. now is get her a thimiscara or something. I don't know. But uh, I will say... <sighs> Like, I, 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 I sort of, like, appreciate that there's probably a purpose to this, and I can see some interesting ideas for stories. And there is an interesting concept to having a child of each of the Trinity. And this mm-hmm. one's literally called Trinity, but, you have a, you know, you have, each of them have a kid, and they're kind of this new, younger generation. I will say, it kind of felt like, for a while, we were setting up Yara to be the, the Wonder Woman <laughs> of that trio. And yeah. I feel like this is just kind of... Undercutting? S- ...sidelining her... Uh, mm-hmm. especially since Yara's not really had anything, and mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit oh, of time though.
1: And and considering that it seems like King and and uh, I'm drawing a blank on her name, the artist, are are so good that like, created Yara. Um, Catwoman, help me out here.
0: <sighs> what? what are you talking about? The,
1: the so the 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 artist that created Yara. Right? I thought you meant. Tri- I thought you no.
0: meant Trinity. i mean, What are we talking about? No. It's Daniel Sampier. No, yeah, no, no.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no. So <laughs> um, it seems that they're such close friends too. You know uh, that seems like an odd thing, but whatever. It could. This also just could be like a one-off type story too, because we know how King does this type of stuff.
0: Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like they're making the big announcement of saying she's debuting in a shoot hundred at least makes me think she's going to be a prominent character in mm-hmm. his run mm. so i i think the the thing for me is that because we've barely had a chance to really flesh out yara and have her have her own stories and her own time mm-hmm. as the as the wonder girl i suppose if you want to call it that of the you know of her era it does kind of feel like there is a concern that some you know maybe we're ballooning some of these like, characters' families up a bit too much. And I don't mean literal. I mean, obviously, she's literally a daughter, but I mean, you know, in in the larger sense, you know, the Bat family, family. you know, includes so many Batgirls and Robins now and all that stuff. Superman obviously now has these twins that, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, and the story's been great to get to that point in action. Uh, Mm -hmm. Connor Connor Kent's a bit of a spare wheel that could just be left behind again, to be honest, but...
1: I want to argue, but I can't, because John has really taken up all of that Yeah, real estate, like all the stuff that I missed with having Connor. Now John's doing by getting to be like you know Superman's son and try to step out of the shadow. So it kind of makes me not miss John or not miss Connor. Yeah, and I think
0: you could be upset about that, but at least Connor Kent did have a long time where he Mm -hmm. was. You know, he was he was in the Teen Titans or Mm -hmm. he was in Young Justice. You know, he had his time as Superboy. He had like a long time where he was that yeah that in that slot um mm-hmm. so at least you have that and it's, it's not it's not like you're taking something away of a character who's actually still pretty recent whereas well, potentially here with Yara like that uh-huh. could just be like that's that's hard done now she's just always going yeah. to be this niche character that never really get a chance to flourish or right. have the spotlight on her so i don't know
1: and it depends what they do with her with her group out of the amazon too in brazil right if anything. that was a whole part yeah that was a whole part of it too that led to her and it was this different side of the mythology of the Amazons, so. Um, but yeah, I mean, there. I mean, for I felt for a while DC was stagnating on characters, and now it almost feels like they've gone the opposite direction where there's almost too many.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, they are not time. They're interesting more, and they're mm-hmm. they're not like given enough time to the ones that are already around. Yeah, yeah. there's a little bit of that. I, you know, because if you look at, like, the back characters, like, or even the girls specifically, mm-hmm. like, each one had their time and they had their run, right? Mm-hmm. Some were longer than others to an extent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of weird because Babs kind of got her time as Batgirl after Later. the others, even though she was yeah. first, canonically, but, you know, whatever. You know, like, you know, there was an era where Cass had her book for a number of years. Steph only got mm-hmm. her book for two years, but it was very good and it was very memorable, and but that—that that was a good example of when the new Fifty Two started. We all felt like her time got cut short. Like we could yep. have went for another couple of years with her. Right. So. um
1: Well, and how many? How many issues did that get up to?
0: It was in the thirties, right? No, nah, twenty four. Twenty four. It was only two years. Well. Wow. Yeah, it was almost exactly two years of single oh. issues. Yeah. Well. But so yeah. I, yeah. I guess I would assume that Yara now is just going to kind of feel like uh, Cassie, Wonder Girl, where she'll pop in for the odd cameo, yeah. but she's never really going to necessarily have that much now. At least, unless there's a reversion later on where we go back to her, because, mm-hmm. you know, maybe no one else wants to use the Trinity character.
1: Yeah. Um, but, you know, it feels like each of each of the main, you know, outside the Bat family, because I feel like they they all kind of get used in stories, that each of them kind of have this middle character that's not like they're kind of a teenager but they also could just be a young adult because over in Flash you also have Wallace he pops in from time to time but you know there's now you have Wally's kids and you have Bart back and all of these too so it just seems like there's almost this other lost generation like there was the Young Justice lost generation a couple of years ago mm. now so uh but yeah we'll, we'll see I just like to follow the stories now and see whatever's popping off. So like again, you were talking about Connor Kent earlier. If that book ends up being good, you know, we can do stuff like that. You know, these little side jaunts for the Connor fans like myself. Uh, And he doesn't get forgotten about.
0: Yeah. But like, you know, I'm not going to read any more of that, because the first issue felt kind of just no, right. skippable to me.
1: I would not describe you in any sense of the word a Connor Kent Well, no, then. no, but the point
0: I'm trying so. to make is that I don't think, like, his series is ever going to feel important, because they don't want mm-hmm. that character to be important. It is mm-hmm. just a scrap for the people who like him to, hey, mm-hmm. you got a book, shut up. Right. You know, it's never actually going to be like a big grand story that reinvents the character as his next big chapter, you know? Right, and I think that's the the concern is more and more kind of start to feel that like they're they're left behind, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, I, I have this problem as a so I'm a big fan of the Resident Evil games, and there's a kind mm-hmm. of issue that we have now with that franchise where there's people like me who were there from the start and love the original era more than anything, and there's people who came in with Resident Evil Four when it turned into more of an action series and they loved that era, and then it turned into this first person horror thing with Resident Evil Seven, and there's people who sort of came in in that newer era, and It's basically impossible now to make a Resident Evil game that will satisfy all the fans of it because all the fans have different ideas of what they think it should be. And I feel like there's a similar thing that happens with these characters where when you add new generations of characters uh, some people are really attached to one Robin or they're really attached to one Mm -hmm. Batgirl or one Wonder Girl or whatever and they're annoyed when it's not their one that's getting the spotlight and uh, obviously there's some flexibility and you, you have to have a bit yeah. of a, a reasonable expectation of like growth and things changing but um you know like as a concern there's something that can pop up yeah
1: but then i also like to look at the silver lining and something like you got stuff like danger street right that takes these characters you know granted it's decades later that were like <laughs> featured in one-offs maybe maybe there's a writer that's not a writer yet that can do something interesting down the line. That's why what, such great about comic books. Nothing's ever really lost, as long as someone remembers it. You know? So um uh, just if, how to keep keep it in the memory.
0: It is worth mentioning though, everything we're talking about here that's a potential concern mm-hmm. is all just sort of more greater scope DC stuff. Yeah. Neither one of us at any point in this conversation has said we're worried about the storytelling that may happen because No. Well, not <laughs> like I'm. No. I'm sure, well, whatever... especially with
1: King, King and Sam Pierre together, like that's a team right there. So I'm kind of willing to follow them on whatever story. Yeah, and it's going to go.
0: Not everything King's ever done is been great. It may end up right. not being his best work, but he's definitely earned the the benefit to give a try <laughs> and see how it pans out.
1: Yeah, I mean, but this, if this was the current team on Wonder Woman, introducing a daughter character. I, I don't think we'd be oh, talking we'd, about it this much.
0: Yeah, we'd barely be, able to be t- paying attention.
1: Yeah, so,
0: I, I don't know. It would barely make the news probably if it wasn't right? like a new run with a new team and right. So, so yeah,
1: but you know, we'll, we'll all see. I'm just, I mean, we're gonna talk about it later. I'm just happy to have a, a Green Lantern book back, right? So there's other like more established characters that I'm happy to to get into and read while we're you know doing new things in other sections. <clears throat> but that's just me.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that is the Trinity News. Wonder Woman's Daughter coming in action. In, or action. Wonder Woman 800. <laughs> and then, of course, an a Tom King's uh, Wonder Woman run. Uh, they also announced a one-shot uh, this week uh, coming in... uh what was it? So it's Action Comics Presents Doomsday Special Issue 1. And this is going to be a story where Supergirl and Martian Manhunter fight Doomsday. (laughs) So, you know, it's uh, 48 pages, comes from Dan Waters and artist Eddie Barrows, uh, who we mainly know, I think, from the Tynan era of Detective Comics.
1: Uh, Eddie Barrows also did the, uh, with Venditti, the Freedom Fighters. Okay, yeah, okay. That that sounds familiar. Very, very good action sequences. So... I'm excited to, to see Martian Manhunter versus Doomsday in some form.
0: So this is coming in August. Didn't we already have August solicits? I feel like we did, but maybe not. Maybe it was July. No, I think we did, but sometimes they'll do like a little sneaky one at the end of the month that's in the next month's solicits, so I'm wondering if yeah. that's what they've done yeah. here. But regardless, uh, yeah, so for you, Uh you know, I'm always down for another Supergirl story. Uh, I like the character quite a bit. Yeah. So sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, Dan Waters and Eddie Barrows are, are strong enough creative names. They're not yep. off putting in any way. There's a nice uh front cover that's doing the rounds of uh Doomsday sitting on mm-hmm. what's well, essentially a throne in a world that Doomsday would be a king. <laughs> so right. uh take that for what you're, he's not wearing a crown or anything, though, admittedly. No. He's sitting
1: just, on the throne.
0: He's sitting on the throne. But it's a nice uh it's a nice cover. Um so no um, yeah not much to, to, to really add it just uh, there's a bit of the description here in the wake of Dark Crisis and Lazarus Planet King Doomsday now sits on a throne of skulls across a river of blood holding core over the demons that swarm the depths of hell and he may have just found a way back to the land of the living it's now up to Supergirl and Marshall Manhunter to drive the beast back and see that he never again returns to our earthly plane even if they must die to do it plus the return of Bloodwind and the debut of the Doomhounds and the clue to the next big Superman event. So it's huh. going to tease another Superman story coming up. But
1: Yeah. Cool. Huh. Uh, weird that the Doomsday sitting in hell. Like, cause considering he's so science-based, you know, it's weird that, that that's a direction. I'm not surprised at Dan Waters, right? Yeah. But, you know.
0: Yeah, and it is, it is the very end of it. It's August twenty nine, so I wonder mm. if they're sneaking this in the September solicits. In the
1: next ones, yeah. yeah.
0: So that's cool. And that sounds like it may be a week five as well, so it's probably a good week for it as well. Mm-hmm. So, Okay, well, there you go. That's uh, Action Comics pre- Presents Doomsday Special Issue 1. So on sale in August. Mm-hmm. So that was the news this week. Do you know, I have to give DC some credit here. They've been very good this month of sprinkling out the news a couple of things each week. So that we've mm-hmm. had something to talk about because normally you get a couple of things a week before solicits, then solicits, and then it's two weeks of absolutely nothing. So, right. I feel like they've done a good job this month of giving been, us a little thing just a little thing here or there to yeah, been pretty consistent. Yeah, it's it's yeah. nice, that's all I'm saying. It's just a bit yeah. been nice. So, uh, very good. So, all right, uh, don't uh, do
1: edit. I gotta go check, I gotta go check my dog real quick. She's making some noise. So I gotta make sure everything's okay.
0: Okay, so let me
1: let me go check.
0: Anything yeah. exciting happened to you this week, Matt? Um,
1: besides almost having a heart attack watching hockey. Um, no. Was I supposed to was, did something happen? I forget about. Or no, no, I was just I was just asking. Okay. I, I don't know if you were just digging. No, I did see Guardians three on Sunday. Uh, ugly cried about three times. But you yeah, know, other than that, enjoyed it. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, did you, Did you see it yet? Nah. Nah. Wow. Wow. Why Why are you surprised? Uh, because Guardians,
1: as far as Marvel goes, I was pretty sure you're pretty high on on Guardians.
0: So I'm higher than the rest of Marvel, but I mean, yeah, I I haven't seen a Marvel movie in the theaters since. Spider Man, No Way Home. Oh, wow. I able to a
1: puppy appearance because uh, this is my life now. <laughs> the
0: this is so a shambles as this. Then we got yeah. rogue dogs interfering in the show. Yeah, that's what happens. So, but yeah, no, other than that, nothing, nothing, just
1: super busy and, you know, struggling to get my books in on time. So, uh, nothing mm-hmm. like dropping the iPad on your face as you're reading before bed, because your body's just like, "Nah, man, it's time for sleep."
0: I imagine you wake up a bit when that happens, though.
1: Oh, you do, you do, and it doesn't feel great. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> yeah. don't uh, so. no. Uh, Anything uh, happen for you? Uh, not really. I got, I got really. Uh, t- I had to help move a couch this week, so I felt oh? miserable doing that. Um, I'm older. Yeah i 34 today. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, entering your mid 30s. The aches and pains hit almost at midnight instantly. <laughs> like, like
1: you're a gremlin of age. <laughs> I was like, oh no, my knee. What's wrong with yeah. my knee? Yeah, yeah. I sneezed the other day and hurt my neck. <laughs> so that, that was fun. <laughs> Nobody tells you this when you're older. None of the adults in my life growing up. We're just like, yeah, yo, you're just gonna have aches and pains forever now. Mm. Uh, you know, cough too hard, you might throw your back
0: out. <laughs> I mean, I've never felt the risk of that, but... Yeah. Uh, no, no. I did have Taco Bell for birthday lunch, though, so, you know, hey buddy. something.
1: Do you go with the burritos or the tacos? About both. Okay. All right.
0: One burrito two tacos.
1: All right. Man, that's an appetizer for me, sir especially on my birthday. I'm telling you, give me one of everything.
0: Well, maybe that's why you almost throw your back out every time you sneeze.
1: That's not, that has nothing to do with my health. It has to do more with, uh, with maybe not, uh, lifting appropriately at the gym. Uh, <laughs> so, but
0: yeah. Uh, uh, nah, I don't, know. I don't know. I haven't played a lot of video games, but a video game. Yeah. A couple of weeks. I don't know. For whatever reason, I've just been feeling that itch. Uh, more than anything else so i've not really been mm-hmm. reading extra comics or or even i've watched a lot of movies but they've all been for yeah you know, reviews and things like that yeah yeah. so just, just uh how it's been going mm-hmm. uh, all right okay mm-hmm. Banner part of the podcast has thus concluded we can yeah. get into the comics so green lantern issue one jeremy adams writing with zermanico on the mm-hmm. art mm-hmm. um we have hal jordan returning to earth um petting up Carol Ferris. This
1: this felt like rebirth part two, and I mean that as a I mean that as a compliment. Uh it was just just Hal jumping back into being a hero on Earth, which is something that we have not seen in quite some time. So very much a fan of that. However, for I totally forgot that the United Planets had taken over the Green Liner Corps.
0: Yeah, I forgot that as well.
1: So that being, an, and now Hal essentially being an outlaw, like he was supposed to turn his ring in because they deemed Earth too chaotic to, to you know, require their presence, uh, despite us having four Earth Lanterns, you know, six if you count Simon and Jess, which I don't know if they are. Um, but yeah. Yeah, well and so, well, what world would you not count them? Well, because it didn't seem like they counted them there. In in the um in the little blurb at the beginning of the there was like a recap page kind of deal. It didn't seem like it mentioned it. It, I could have sworn it mentioned four Earth Lanterns.
0: Uh, They reassigned the Earth Lanterns to other sectors. Uh, It doesn't say a number. Gotcha. So then they got
1: them. Then they Uh, got reassigned to, which makes it seem like the United Planets up to some shady stuff, personally. But I will say that I love that Jeremy Adams didn't take time to get into that. It was all very much focused on Hal and his return to Co-City. Um, so, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Jeremy Adams clearly's got a fondness for a very particular era, and we've seen that mm-hmm. in his Wally West Flashbook. And mm-hmm. I think here, I've been saying for a long time, I can't. one of my favorite things about the Green Lanterns book with Simon and Jess was that it was, not always, but it was often... Mm-hmm set on Earth with their support mm-hmm. and cast, their families and things like yeah. that. And I think Green Lantern, well, it's kind of funny how it's almost built enough like Green Lantern characters now that are all Green Lanterns who explore space that you can effectively mm-hmm. have an ensemble even when they're out doing space stuff. Yeah. But I do sometimes miss the tether of actual supporting characters. And sometimes honestly it gets a bit dull sometimes when all of the characters are all lanterns. Like see when they're yeah. like you know, it's all lanterns. Whether it's the Earth lanterns or Kellawog's there, or you've got yellow lanterns. I'm like, or, where's the regular yeah. people that, yeah. that factor into this? Because yeah. you when, know, I when miss that Salek sometimes.
1: Is the the regular person because he's kind of dispatch of the core, you know, and he kind of just stays there. Um, yeah, so them being back on Earth and Hal mentioning his brothers or his brother um, was a nice touch, and him back with uh, at Ferris to be a pilot and I think that's all very interesting but it also didn't feel like it was retreading on a lot of stuff because it felt like here's how coming to you know like earth life has passed him by like earth didn't stop so things have changed and now he kind of is almost like a man out of time again you know where he's you know uh in the story he goes to work for ferris uh aircraft and she's like yeah we don't really have pilots anymore because they're all drones and I was like, ah, oh, there's nothing. So it was kind of reminding me of Top Gun as well
0: there, which I think... Well, I mean, I, I think you're glossing over how it's told because it doesn't tell mm-hmm. us that. I shouldn't say that any of that. We get a reveal right. after a flight sequence when he crashes the plane that he's not actually in the plane. It was just a mm-hmm. drone. You know, he was flying it remotely. Right. Um, like So it's, it's kind of a reveal in the book. That's how it's told. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think the issue is pretty solid. It's mostly a status quo setting up issue where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, he's back. It does the, the fun little introduction of Carol where she tries mm-hmm. to avoid him and get away before you, know because she hears he's outside and he's yep. just trying to get away, but he catches up to her. Um, and she's like, you know, shit, I don't want to speak to you. Every time you show up, it's trouble. And she reveals she's got a boyfriend. She's with mm-hmm. someone now. Um, like, I can definitely see the potential here of them just retreading familiar beats. If not yeah. of Green Lantern itself, just in general. <laughs> yeah. Because... I feel like this is a very sort of, you know, typical done story beat, but it is nice to have Carol back again. It is nice mm-hmm. to, like, have some of this chemistry back. Uh, yeah. I will say, Hal I... definitely did come off as an entitled dickhead at one uh-huh. point in this book. Um, when he's showboating in the plane, when he's flying it, and uh-huh. he ends up crashing it, and Carol quite rightly says, do you have any idea how much that jet cost because you were trying to show off? And he just kind of brushes it off. And I'm like, I don't know. You're kind of being a dick here, Hal. Like, are Sir, you suppo- you're you're
1: a liability. Like, we can't have you be doing this. Like, that was still an aircraft that crashed.
0: You know? Yeah. Like, it is supposed to be taken that way. You know. To mm-hmm. be fair, it's, I don't think it's trying to like yeah. paint over it and pretend that he didn't do no. something wrong there. Um, it, it's definitely showing you that he's kind of struggling because he's not been on earth. He doesn't have mm-hmm. like any like financial anything, you know. $50 to his name. He's, baby, he's yeah. been in space for such a long time, yeah. he doesn't have anything so he's come yeah. to Carol for a job and she's reluctantly given him it Uh and we sort of see that. So it's mostly the status quo of like, okay, here's where his mm-hmm. main support and cast is now, that being Carol here's okay. what his struggles are now Uh, but we also see that he's back as Green Lantern and that people are excited about yeah. the fact that they have Green Lantern back in Coast City that's pretty cool Yeah. Uh, it does like a split time thing here where mm-hmm. it shows you like sort of the, it, 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 I didn't realize this right away, but it turns out he didn't actually have his powers when he first came back. You know, it right. kind of we see him up front with the powers, and then it goes back and shows that he kind of like absorbs the willpower energy from the villain. Uh, mm-hmm. who's using like a, a man old man, an old manhunter suit that they found somewhere. Yeah uh and this big fight you know because basically there's a fight because i actually i almost got a little confused because it you know it, yeah. sk- it skips back to the three months ago part of the story and he hears on the radio when he's like sitting at these brothers like cabin or whatever it is mm-hmm. and i was like oh there's like a fight there's a villain doing stuff in the city and he immediately grabs his car keys and starts driving and i'm like hal yeah, why aren't you, you flying yeah why, why why aren't you flying to the city uh, and then obviously it becomes clear, oh no, he doesn't have his powers right now. He like this is how he reforms mm-hmm. his ring or absorbs the energy to actually use it again or whatever it may right. be.
1: Cause once once that intro happened where it says like he's kind of an outlaw, I was wondering, okay, but if he's like an outlaw from the core, how does he have a ring? You know, because that would seem to be counterintuitive. Yeah, but so... to be
0: fair, Matt, wasn't his ring already kind of unique? Yeah, right. So, because
1: judging, I mean, if if it's the same one, if I remember from Hell and Pals, he forged it from his own will. So, like his his ring really isn't, you know, Owen uh, issue. It was it was his own. Um, so, but like, yeah, he doesn't have a battery or anything. So he does charge it off of the Manhunter energy. So. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, you should know this better than I do because mm-hmm. you actually read that shit, right? But it's been it's been a minute though. <laughs> yeah, so H- Hal doesn't have a like a, an issued ring. You know, he doesn't have. <laughs> I mean, the Guardian. I mean, that's the 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 the, mm-hmm. the text at the start explains that the Guardians aren't around anymore. So United Planets right. are actually in charge of the Green Lanterns right now. Uh, mm-hmm. and they've sent all the earth lanterns elsewhere, they deemed sector 2814 to be too volatile, so they've just kind of b- have abandoned it. Which, yeah, it might mm-hmm. be leading to a bigger story down the line, potentially, and whatever yeah. their motive is for that. So, it's left Hal kinda on his own as the only Green Lantern on Earth, and right. that's kind of where we are. So, it, it definitely feels like it's harkening back to, like, a sorta, you know, you say rebirth, but I'm even, like, I'm not saying it feels like a Silver Age story, but it feels no. like he's taking it back to the basics of when it was a Silver Age, and he was just right. a test pilot, and
1: before, yeah, yeah, before there was this whole Green Lantern core. Like we knew there was there was a space force because of Abin Sur, right? But this was more where he was not confined to Earth, but dealing with Earth problems, kind of hard traveling heroes era. Uh, so, but that's to me that's exciting because to see him, uh, you know, interact with the people of Coast City, like the opening sequence is him. You know these people trapped in a mine, and then slowly as they're talking about how they're trapped, this green light washes over them, to have like this really awesome reveal that Hal's getting them out. Yeah. So
0: uh, and there's a know. little tease there. It looks like Sinestro's hanging about in the bar, yeah, with a, with a hood up. So we'll see where yeah. that goes. Because um, the last time we saw
1: him was the was the the Snyder Justice League stuff, right? With like the infrared lantern or what was the ultraviolet lantern? maybe yeah that's
0: the last time i remember seeing sinestro it's, it's been a what? yeah it's been a, yeah. a long while um yeah I, I think it just feels refreshing because green lantern's been kind of stuck as the space book for so long mm-hmm. and while it makes sense why it has been i do think uh the variety and having a more earth-based green lantern story um at the very least alongside the typical space stuff makes a lot of sense to me uh, yeah. So yeah, there's this this villain called himself Steel Fury who's attacking the mm-hmm. city in in the, the the three months ago time period. Hal shows up, uh, tries to talk him down, especially since like the armor's uh, dangerous because it's a, you know it's a, it's a manhunter, uh, right?
1: It's alien tech.
0: Yeah, see, it's alien tech that he's wearing. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but he ends up absorbing all the energy. And the last page is the full mm-hmm. page spread of him with his Green Lantern outfit on for the first mm-hmm. time since he's come back. Uh, right. Not the first time in the book because we're jumping around time wise, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it's just you know there's not much to the story of the first issue. It's more about just establishing yeah. where he is, yeah. what his status is, what you know what the status with Carol is. It says next time we're going to meet Carol's fiance, so that's going yeah. to be something we're going to be dealing with. Um, I the, the, you know, the story's solid enough. Um, I like that it's not shying away from him being kind of this uh, selfish prick. You know, not an yeah. in in super unlikable way, but he does have faults. He's not. Yeah, you know, so he does come across like he's a bit no, silly. Self- he's, hes absorbed. He's cocky.
1: He's got that pilot energy, you know.
0: But so... I, the big thing here, though, is Armanico's art, which yeah. is—it's
1: so so crisp, so clean. Like the even like so, going from the superhero stuff where he's fighting Steel Fury, to the you know Carol standing in the office. Like there's range in this, and it all looks yeah. great. Yeah,
0: and yeah, and the sequential art, and even just those simple moments where it's mm-hmm. Carol biting her lip when she's like thinking, second guessing mm-hmm. if she should run away or not <laughs> before right. H- Hal sees her. They're just yeah. good little character beats that sort of make the characters feel alive and make this yeah. a more enjoyable issue as a result. It's it, honestly the action's fine, but the the character mm-hmm. beats are what make it kind of sing yeah. uh, as in, a better issue. You
1: know, stuff like uh, Hal calling her Queen of Zamaron. And everyone's like, "What did he just what did he just call you?" And her reaction on that too, is her manico just nails. Uh, so all the banter stuff too looks looks great. Like there's definitely a flow between him and Adams.
0: Yeah, and you've so, got him sitting looking up at the stars at one point, and that's very mm-hmm. pretty. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got the actual action stuff with him in the suit. You know, we've talked about the the the, it's the miners who are trapped in the cave or whatever yep. at the start, and the the green light coming over them. All of that stuff looks great. Like mm-hmm. it feels like a like a an A tier comic mainly because of the art I mean the writing's fine yeah. and Adams is a solid enough sort of B tier writer I would say Yeah. but the art kind of elevates everything here to feeling kind of a bit more special Yeah. so it's definitely left me excited to read more uh, yep. you know it was an enjoyable read and I was expecting an enjoyable read um, mm-hmm. will it go above that just like solid fun but never excelling as an amazing comic like The yeah. Flash or will it rise above that sort of tier Right. we'll find out in time you know like We'll see. We'll see if he's uh, learned some lessons or yeah. whatever. But uh, yeah, much,
1: much like his Flash, Adams is like his his joy that's coming through writing these characters is you know his giddiness makes me giddy, too. It's I, like infectious.
0: I think the question I have is that with the Flash, like there, there's a natural momentum forward in that mm-hmm. he's you know having a new kid. We've got the twins doing well, it. Tw- twins but we've got, we've got the kids back and mm-hmm. we've got um the whole flash family and we, you know his run is kind of tried to nudge all that forward a little bit uh so while it's harkening back and nostalgic for a specific era mm-hmm. of flash comics it was taking everything forward i think oh. what i'm curious about about this green Lantern run is that right now it's just kind of re-establishing an old status quo more or less mm-hmm. well obviously the events of recent green Lantern have happened but it's kind of re-establishing this more old school ferris airbase you know, coast city type of green lantern story my question would be once he's sort of set up his things are we going to feel like he's advancing hal jordan as a character forward in some yeah. meaningful way or is it going to feel the entire time like no it's mostly just you know back to this sort of era and back to uh, you know is, is yeah. it just a nostalgia hit effectively for an audience yeah. who are going to appreciate this or is it going to actually try and take him forward and you know whatever that means but
1: uh, what, what what I'm thinking from, from you know, being a little bit familiar with Adams from Flash, right, is seeing Sinestro pop up kind of made me, didn't make me groan, right, because I'm keeping an open mind. But, like, I've had enough of the Sinestro and Hal Jordan type stuff. However, no, I get, he... I get,
0: yeah, I get, I get it. I get what you're saying, yeah.
1: Yeah, right. And so, however, if they make it, like, they... Like, if Hal has to learn to be an actual outlaw, right, from the United Planets, because I'm sure once they realize that he's active on earth it's going to cause problems who better to learn from than like the original outlaw green lantern so if if they have that where they're actually kind of they have that mentor kind of thing again but it's not based off of you know you know sinestro trying to show he's the better green Lantern. And it's actually like no you see sometimes authority is bad you know uh it kind of I'm, just uh...
0: all depends like what sinestro's <clears throat> characterization is like is he going to be a villain is he an antihero? hero is he like an old friend where it's complicated but ultimately he's kind of more of a good guy now like mm-hmm. it entirely depends on what direction they're going to take in yeah and honestly right now i don't know which one i would like more because yeah. they've done all of them and i've liked different interpretations of sinestro yeah. up until this point so much that i don't even know which one will feel the most fresh yeah. at this point it's, in fact the same with carol in a way like like, I had the thought, you know, when it's introduced in the fiancé, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. the most generic thing they could do here is that the fiancé is there to eventually get, t- you know, to move out the way, either yeah. because she decides to leave him or he gets killed or whatever it may be right. so that they can have Carol and Hal back together again, right? Right. But honestly, at this point, I'm thinking, is that just too safe? Is that just right. too much of a safe, typical thing that we expect I- them to do?
1: I'm, I'm hoping they go the opposite and like Hal and this guy end up becoming buddies, mm. you know, and then maybe that's when, when he dies, Hal feels responsible instead of him being a wedge between, you know, Carol and the fiance, it, it becomes this, hey, this guy's not so bad. Oh my God, me being Green Lantern got him killed type deal.
0: Well, that's up to Carol. Uh,
1: <laughs> no, yeah, I'm just saying this yeah. is, I'm, I'm hoping that we don't go down that, you know, more milk toasty, you know, this guy kind of sucks. We're hoping for Hal and Carol to get together because at this point I'm kind of over Helen Carol, Carol as as a unit because it's been going for so long, right? And there's it's always just them doing the dance around it because her star Sapphire or, or she's the boss and all that stuff. So you yeah. know,
0: but at the same time, I also feel they've like <laughs> ignored it so much and never given it a proper conclusion right? that I've that like. There is still something to do there if they really... Yeah. I, I guess ultimately what we're saying with this conversation mm-hmm. is that this is a solid first issue, but there's no signs yeah. in it of what it's doing no. that's going to make it, it yeah. Like special. It, you know, there's no, there's no signs of what he's going to be saying about the character or how mm-hmm. he's going to take Hal or Hal, yeah. Carol, and Sinestro as the three core characters forward. So right. it's like, I like this issue. I, I even like it quite a bit. But if it ultimately never starts to feel like it's saying something or doing something new with the character, mm-hmm. it might start to become a bit of a problem, where I yeah. sort of look at it and go, oh, it's it's, it's, you know, it's solid enough, but it's not, like, taking anything forward. And it's not to say that it has to do anything too extreme. I wouldn't say that the Flashbook does anything extreme mm-hmm. with its characters or concepts, but at the very least, it keeps, you know, it, it's sort of like, okay, we have a family now. Okay, how do we do that? So we have the kids yeah. on their own, and we, it, we flesh them out a little bit. We have, okay, what's it like to be be a father to these kids? What's it like for these kids to make friends who may also have powers? And, you know, just taking the natural steps forward. I just wonder, are we going to feel like we're doing the same with Hal here? Because obviously, the difference between this and Flash is that inherently this has to kind of reset Hal first and reset the status quo. Mm -hmm. I suppose to an extent, so did Flash, but Flash did it in a way where it was like, we have to untangle all the weird continuity bollocks yeah. that's got into it. Whereas here it's more just, okay, Hal's been off doing spaceship for literally like yeah. a decade at this point in real life. So <laughs> now we have to like yeah. reset what his like earthbound story is going to be.
1: Right, which um, is something that I wanted for a minute is the superhero so yeah. Green Lantern. Yeah, so, um, but also I just hope it gets to that level that Flash was at where like, yeah, it might not be amazing. But on a week that it comes out, I get excited that I get to read Flash. And I hope that Green Lantern's that one, too, where I'm just like,
0: oh, yeah, Green Lantern's out this week. I mean, I'm I'm excited to read it. I'd hope for, like, I'll I'll be happy with that. But it's weird to say you hope for, oh, it's not amazing, but I'm excited to read it. Like, I would hope it's both. Like, give give me something that's exciting, but also solid as well.
1: Yeah, but, like, just in in the, the fact, like, I read so many books, right? And, like, to to have one that I'm excited for means a lot more. It's, like, Action's up there. Flash is up there. There are certain books that I look forward to every month or every other week in Flash's case, when it went double shipping. I'm, you
0: just, know. I'm just saying, it's weird to say you're hoping yeah. for a 7. Like, a 7 is fair. You know, Flash has been typically a solid 7, and I've really yeah. enjoyed reading that. But it's weird to go into a book and say, I hope that's a 7.
1: Yeah, because after some of the recent Green Lantern 7, it's not been a 7 oh so, sure yeah it's a step up yeah. for green lantern in general so yeah
0: you know ever since probably for me green is itself like that that mm-hmm. that rebirth book i love that one yeah um admittedly would hal be the character i would pick to to do my no. earth green lantern story at this point no probably not i, I would pick jess first i'd pick kyle second mm-hmm. hal might be third but <laughs> here we are Hal's the one they've went with yeah um so we'll see we'll see how it goes uh we do have a backup though as well, uh by Philip K. Johnson, and it is mm-hmm. a John Stewart story. Although it seems like it's going to be sprinkling in the greater Green Lantern core as well.
1: Yeah. And or or and from different universes, it seemed, right? Or is this just was this this is where I got confused. Granted, I read this super tired. Um the, the action that happens towards the back of the story, is that stuff that's going on in another universe, or is this a part of the universe that those characters are in like
0: does that make sense like are these different versions of those characters i feel like you worded that in the most roundabout like i did is this our universe that's all you had to ask (laughs) is this our universe right because i feel like the john stuff is our universe right yeah, so the but first the is... first so just to explain it. The first half of this backup is John mm-hmm. Stewart with his mother. She's happy to see him and he's like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm sticking around for a while. I need a break from all that green art and stuff. Uh I need to like, you know, touch grass, as the kids say, um, Wait. and be around and, and help you. And she's got tears in her eyes. It's all very sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh all yeah. stuff. And then it says, Another universe, another time. So to answer your question and black and white, although technically it's actually different shades of green, it says another right. universe another time. <laughs> right. So but yes, that, but, different universe.
1: Right, because I'm like again, super tired reading this, <laughs> and I, I start seeing the name Gardner but that did not feel like Guy Gardner right, and then they're throwing Rainer around too, and I'm like what are we doing? Well, R- Rainer, this-
0: Rainer's not in yeah. this story, they no. mentioned Rainer, but he's not right. here, you don't see him.
1: Right. So that's where I'm like, are we talking about Kyle Rainer? Is this Like, are these descendants? Because it's another time, another universe. Was that just being poetic? You know, that this is what led to John coming back to Earth and needing to touch grass. I, you know, honestly, I think
0: you're way overthinking this. They're just setting up something that John's going to get involved in. That's it. Okay. It's that simple. Right, <laughs> Perfect. right. I like that the story was short. I'll say that. Much. <laughs> it, right, it just establishes that guy and this young Green Lantern are in some kind of war, and then mm-hmm. it seems like the young Green Lantern turns out to be a villain or is puppeteered by the actual right. villain. Uh, maybe puppeteered is what I'm expecting here. But yeah, it's yeah. um, uh, what's her name here? Uh, the the Revenant Queen is controlling mm-hmm. different Green Lanterns, and they're all purple now because she's controlling right. them. Uh, so it's called Rise of the Revenant Queen Part 1. Uh, yeah. So Very, very cool, scary-looking creatures. I'll say that much with the Revenant stuff. Yeah. I mean, the good thing oh. about Green Larton is, is that you have so many Green Larton characters now that it is easy to do a backup if you want to do mm-hmm. a good backup. And obviously, Philip Kennedy Johnson's a great writer, so yeah. it seems like a good choice to, to do something. Uh, mm-hmm. There'll always be part of me that just kind of wishes it was a regular 20-page comic that was structured that way, because I don't like yeah. the backups are only, you know, 8 or 10 pages, but... Yeah. You know, that's whatever. Yeah. yeah so. sure. Um and art's pretty solid as well. Mm-hmm. Uh in the backup. You know, the Yeah. It's uh you know, the artist here is Mantos, who I'm not super familiar mm-hmm. with, but yeah. uh it wasn't like you know, I think after Zamanico I was expecting to hit the backup and go Eee. And honestly, yeah. not as much of a drop off as uh you know, no? I don't like it as much as the Zamanico art, but it, mm-hmm. it, you know, it it pulls its weight, you know. Yeah, it, the suspect. art. Yeah, the art looked great. That was the
1: the part of the story that stuck out the most to me. And I say that as a as a Philip Kennedy Johnson fan.
0: Yeah. So. Honestly, yeah, the only critique I had is when the young Green Lantern started acting like sort of villainous. um, yeah. I got a little confused as to whether he was just a villain now or right. if uh, he was being puppeteered by this Reverend Queen who right. seems to be controlling other Green Lanterns. So mm-hmm. I think that's what's happening. But I mean, I'm sure it'll be elaborated more on. Yeah. In future parts. Yeah, for sure. So, no, uh, so pretty solid issue. One of Green Lantern, uh, both the the main and the backup. Uh, like I say, I'm just curious to see if there'll be something kind of new added in that feels like we're taking Hal forward as a character. Uh, yeah. And maybe him just accepting that Carol's going to marry someone else and being a human looking like adult about it mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is maybe what we can do.
1: And I would love for Cowgirl to show back up because you know we got her early in the John's run. Oh.
0: And you never up. saw her again. Give it up. Johns didn't even remember she existed once you get a few arcs in.
1: I know. I think someone even asked uh if he had plans for her. He goes, Who?
0: And I was just <laughs> like, oh.
1: But yeah, just
0: maybe, maybe. <laughs> just pull pull from that and I'll be happy. I I I doubt it. Um It's funny, you mentioned it made you think of Top Gun. It wouldn't surprise me if part of the the pitch for this book was, "Hey, mm-hmm. Top Gun Maverick made a lot of money. Yeah, let me do some Top Gun Maverick style stories with uh yeah. with Hal Jordan." Yeah. So, uh, all right, can we? Will you rate Green Lantern issue one? I'm um, I'm gonna give us a solid eight. Yeah, I think I am too. It felt very fresh. Like mm-hmm. I say, you know, there's a couple of question marks as to like, okay, mm-hmm. what is this book really going to be once it gets going. But at least right now, I it was refreshing just to have a more down grounded, back to basics Green Lantern story mm-hmm. uh, to start off with. So we'll, we'll see what they're actually doing uh, going forward next issue. But uh, yep. but cool. All right, Superman Lost Issue Three, Christopher Priest writing, Carlo Pugliain on the art. So uh, once again, we have a little bit in present day with Lois uh, getting frustrated and finding mm-hmm. Clark's uh, white suit and a, just a little mm-hmm. like, tech device that's been damaged and obviously yeah. we see by the end of the story like how it ended up happened. damaged yeah. uh but it's basically so last issue clark left the planet with this jetpack thing to fly through space mm-hmm. and, a suit and a little breather mask so that he could make his way home mm-hmm. um but he's talking to the, the ai that's in this like tech device and it's mm-hmm. basically like yeah you know another you know ninety four thousand years and you may, <laughs> you may get home <laughs> some <Yeah>. of that <laughs> so uh, yeah basically it's just him again sort of encountering some different things on his travels Uh, space dolphins uh, being the main thing yeah. which leads to another planet where the dolphins want his help seemingly because there's, there's this alien race that's sort of fighting against them and it's like this like you know Centeno, tiny Mano.
1: yeah it's a yeah. kind of nano
0: race that sort of forms a big sand kind of superman which they've taken from his mind it's not just like they right. find something related to him and I uh, got
1: worried looking at the cover, I'm like, are we getting to some timey-wimey stuff where, you know, he had come back and, uh, you know, he hasn't been to this planet yet, kind of stuff, mm. yet they already know who he is, and I'm glad that's not what it was. Yeah,
0: so. yeah I, was gl- I was glad a couple pages after they revealed that big sand mm-hmm. construct of Superman, yeah. that it was, oh no, they're just pulling this from his head, because... Right. It's not that they can see him, because he's not got a cape on. And the super and the sand construct right. clearly is the regular outfit that they're right. modeling it after. So right. I, I'm glad there was a... Yeah. So it's funny, the Space Dolphins showed up, and then like Superman starts talking about how, oh yeah, Lobo told me about these yep. like years ago. And I was like, oh, this is actually something from Continuity. Very good. <laughs> Very hey, good yeah, priest. I saw the
1: Space Dolphins, I was like, oh man, is Lobo going to pop up? Is Lobo our savior here that's going to help Superman get back? And... I did like that. By the end, the the question is, uh, you know, because Superman's like, "Oh, I'll just follow them home." Like, the space dolphins have been to Earth before, and I believe it's the AI that tells him, it's like, how do you know these are the same ones?"
0: Yeah, he uh, he basically raids them like in Finding Nemo when they're going with the yeah. turtles. That's effectively yep. what he's doing to the sort EAC. of speed up his journey. Yeah. Uh, so, um,
1: but and that's why they end up going to that planet, right? Because they feed on that nano race, so they see these dolphins as predators. And they think that Superman's with them. So um, that they they form the big, you know, try to try to tear him off. But he's able to do the Superman thing and and reason with them. So uh, my my main thing with this book still is that priest style of I think he read a quantum physics book. And now he's trying to, you know, drop terms and and philosophies down in here. And sometimes it's a little bit clunky to read. But when Superman's doing like the heroic stuff. I think the book flows really, really well. And what I mean by heroic stuff. I mean, when he's acting like Superman, like talking to these nano, uh, this nano race and, and reasoning with them and letting, you know, cooler heads prevail uh, or arguing with the AI and kind of having these philosophical discussions there, I think it works. But once we start getting into the sciencey things of it, it for me, becomes kind of a, a, a slog to read.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think the book looks great. I think Puglian's mm-hmm. art uh, is really solid. Um, I think uh, you know the sign control looks great. I think Lois looks great in the the present-day stuff in Star. Yeah, the
1: beginning stuff yeah. is really strong. I like the, I like the dark lines on her, too.
0: Yeah. You know, uh,
1: with, with playing with the shadows. And, and you've all got that. all
0: of that stuff with him sort of, like, swimming with the dolphins, effectively, mm-hmm. in space, which, you know, is very, you know, it sticks out. It is a really strong yeah. image. Uh no, the line work is consistently really good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the story for me I, I'm enjoying those present day bits because they feel like they add a lot of weight to like the impact of him being gone so long. And it's like, okay, he's been gone 20 years. And we see mm-hmm. in the story here that, that you know he's worried he might never make it back. And right. the fact that he's made it back to Earth in a timey whimey way, where for them it's only been like a week or whatever, right. is probably like a blessing because he's probably out there thinking oh, when I get back, Lois might be in her 80s or something like that. Like, you know, right. I I might, like, have lost my life with everyone I know mm-hmm. kind of thing. And obviously that turns out not to be the case for everyone else. They're surprised when he's, like, I've been gone 20 years by his yeah. perspective. But I, I think the actual adventure stuff in the, the, the bulk of the story so far is feeling a little bit, like, I don't know, like, maybe it'll all come together at the end and thematically I'll yeah. see the through line of it all. But you know, right now, it's like last issue, it was that planet with the. You know, the. It
1: the Victor, he got Vic, the Kansas. Yeah,
0: Victor The and the, the Kansas stuff. Mm-hmm. And then this issue, you get the Dolphins and the Sand Construct Nano yeah. uh, race and whatever. Yeah. It, it is kind of feeling like different random concepts. And I'm like, is this just going to be like nine issues of that and then the conclusion? Yeah. You know, that, that's kind of the. The way. It, like, it's enjoyable enough, but it doesn't quite mm-hmm. have the weight to it that the present day stuff is like setting up to be like you know when you have that quiet moment at the start where lois is looking at this white suit and like almost breaking down in tears because like Mm. what happened to him for those 20 years when i when i go to read the the rest of the story in my head i feel like oh the way this has been set up it feels like he's just back from vietnam and we're going to see the horrors that he's went through yeah but then it's like just typical space shit yeah (laughs) stopping stopping by and and helping people. Well, and, you know. I, say, I say typical say sp- Typical yeah. comic book fantasy space stuff yeah. is maybe a better way of putting it. Yeah. But I I feel like this is the sort of thing we see Superman doing in space whenever he goes into space, mm-hmm. rather than feeling like it's an actual gauntlet to like, get back right. to Earth kind of thing.
1: I mean, uh, outside of that, the time aspect, right? Because it didn't take him like eight months. It was eight months from when he left at Kansas to where he finds
0: the space dolphins. Yeah, he's literally just flying through space for eight months. and
1: Right, you know, so like there's a a... a a time element there too where I, I could feel like priests will lean on that is the reason why Superman has this PTSD and stuff, just because him him experienced time in this way. I'm sure is enough to break anyone's brain. So but yeah, so far the, the trials haven't been like I would say big enough. I,
0: I think that's my my thing is that I'm way more interested in him with PTSD. Now yeah. than I am with the actual journey that he went on.
1: <laughs> That's such a dark sentence. I be. know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, honestly, it's more interesting though, because like Superman yeah. dealing with an actual, like, right. you know, mental thing like that does mm-hmm. sound quite interesting.
1: I I like him spacing out in the way that he's done it would would make sense post War World, right? Because mm. of the s- stuff that he saw there and the stuff that he had to do. it, while would, yeah, it, War it world. would make more
0: sense certainly.
1: Yeah. You know, and this so far, it's like, all right, you, well, you, you met a planet that reminded you of home, and then you uh, hung out yeah. with his face off to the talk to Talking Sand. Cool. What's, what's next, my guy? Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, the,
0: obviously the time of it is the big thing that would have bro- broken yeah. him down because it's 20 years. 20 years is a long-ass time mm-hmm. to not be home. But right. it's, it is, yeah, like, the opening segments, both this issue and last issue, and the entire first issue building up to him being yeah. lost, felt like it was setting up this, like, horrific experience and I'm like, he's throwing me space dolphins. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. It's just so far the, like the, the way it's not quite there in the way that I feel like the tone of that first issue did a great job of setting up everything up. And I think these little snippets of the present day stuff are really setting up something in my head that the actual adventure is not quite delivering, even though it's still, mm-hmm. it's still fun enough. It's still solid enough. Yeah. Like I'm still enjoying it for what it is. I'm, but it's I'm not-, not
1: contemplating not reading it. Like, I'm gonna read it every month still. Yeah, but it's not living yeah. up
0: to what the feeling that I'm getting from the other part of the book is. And the other part of the book's such a small part relatively now. Like, mm-hmm. issue one was all mostly the present-day stuff and the build-up to him leaving, but the... These, issue two and three have been like, here's a couple of pages set up and then, okay, it's all the those zany adventure he went on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So yeah. It's maybe a bit too zany right now.
1: Yeah. Almost her man coming back as a hippie would be more right now because he's really getting in touch with, with the universe. Do you know the funny thing about it
0: as well is that I think you could maybe do a little bit of a comparison here with Supergirl, The Moon of Tomorrow. I,
1: I was, I've been restraining myself yeah. not to. Because so. I, I feel
0: like that did a better job of making it feel like the journey she's on in this big epic. Oh my gosh. She was, yeah. She went through a gauntlet in those
1: books, uh, in those issues, you know, especially emotionally like when we got to the ones where she found the mass graves. You know, like, King, King, and Evely really, really drew that out without, like, I don't want to say with a minimalist, but, like, we didn't really see any of the atrocities. We just saw Kara's reaction to it. And, and here so far through these two, the last two, um, it's, again superman
0: getting in the universe it's not even that, it's the way it was told it's the, it's the narration mm-hmm. from the, the girl character and like talking mm-hmm. about it in the past tense like it was this journey that went on Like the, everything mm-hmm. about it just builds this kind of feeling and yeah. that feeling like I'm not saying this has to feel the same as that I'm just yeah. saying that that achieves something closer to what I think parts of this book want me to feel than yeah. the rest of it actually does make me feel yeah. Um. so the, yeah, the end of the issue is the dolphins run off without Superman and they take his jetpack thing with them and he's left with literally just the, the little ai device in his hand mm-hmm. and he crushes it out of anger and then he's just like floating in space like the star child there 2001 being like okay mm-hmm. i guess i'm dead now <laughs> so yeah. that's your cliffhanger we'll see how he's saved mm-hmm. at the start of the next uh issue i presume
1: well that that suit yeah is also absorbing solar radiation the white suit and it's it's kind of acting like a life support so i'm sure he, who knows? He might be floating there in stasis for two years the next time well, we yeah,
0: pick up. but it was absorbing it from the jetpack, because the jetpack was kind of, like, recycling, like, a small amount of solar uh, energy. It said that.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: And he's, he still has to breathe space, though, and he had right. a breather on, and that breather's not there, so... Right. I mean, like, something has to, like, come along and save him. Right. Another ship full of aliens that drop him off on a planet. Uh, yeah i think that's the other thing is that i'm worried it's going to feel formulaic after a few more issues where like yeah. okay this issue he runs into this other alien race and mm-hmm. you know sort of, i don't yeah. know um so I, there are some cracks beginning to form where i can see mm-hmm. things that i don't i won't like as much about it but For that's said, sure. though the issue as a whole is still pretty solid to put together The art's very good um i think the the big moment with the 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 nano species are are, are really well done. Mm-hmm. Like you know, there's still a lot to like here as far as the actual yeah. like the the artistry that goes into it. So you know, uh, not a bad comment by any means, but definitely like it's aiming for something, and I I just feel like it's just slightly missing it here now. Three issues in, yeah, which is a shame, but yeah, not sure. bad. So uh, what are we giving Superman lost? I'm gonna give us a seven. Yeah, I think a seven out of ten is fair. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll agree with that. Uh, all right. So next up, we got Spirit World issue one. Alyssa mm-hmm. Wong writing with Haining on the art. So this is the first of this uh new line of minis that we're getting um mm-hmm. as part of Asian Heritage Month. If
1: right. Is that what it's called? I I just know that the the kids at my my school call it A A A P I month so okay <laughs> you know asian asian american pacific islander i believe is the oh, is that, uh, okay which... that's what the rest of it is, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah
0: um so. so yeah so we obviously all these stories were teased uh and the various lazarus planet books that were coming out a few mm-hmm. months ago um which actually you know i i think if i have a, a sort of objective critique I do mm-hmm. think it's a bit unfortunate that what happened in the tease for this where uh, that had Batgirl, uh, Cassandra Kane specifically... <laughs> it was essentially issue one, right? Yeah, like, that's my problem, yeah. uh, is that what happened in that was actually so important to this that, you know, it, there's ac- this yeah. is an issue one, and there's an editor's note saying, hey, back in this one shot, yeah. this thing happened. I'm like, no... If you're gonna do like a little yeah. teaser and like an anthology book to set this up, it should just be like a taste of the character, but don't do any yep. important plot beat shit. So I do think that's a problem. I I think that is actively a bad choice for an issue one. Yep,
1: I I agree. I so. agree. How, that, however, that said, I I really enjoyed this issue one, right? Because there's a lot going on, uh, but in a good way. Uh, a lot of fun mythological stuff and uh, how it it's just it's. I'm trying to put this as respectfully as possible. The way that other cultures see death and the afterlife, versus the way that we've gotten it in so much media. I'm glad that in like comics here, we can see this different version, right, of what the spirit world is and that. Um, what was who's the writer on this one again? I don't want to get her name wrong.
0: Uh, Alyssa Wong.
1: Alyssa Wong. What Wong does here, you know, uh, through through dialogue and stuff, is ex- you know explain this spirit world and the offerings, and and I didn't ever feel like this was just, like, exposition. I felt like it was part of the story. So, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit more mixed on it, I, but, it, like, mm-hmm. I, I had that one objective complaint. I wanted to get that out of the way first because yes. I think that's just a valid complaint uh, from a writing standpoint. But uh, I think anything else I have a problem with here is really just a taste thing. I don't think there's a. I I think it's a pretty mm. solid, well-put-together issue... Um, I think it sets up some of its rules. Um, I think there's a really good bit in the issue where we're in the spirit world, and -hmm. there's two women just talking about stuff, and they're sort of bitching about someone else, and they talk about how uh, she's just mad because no one's burned anything in her honor Mm -hmm. recently, right? And that's like one of the rules of the spirit world, is that when someone Mm -hmm. in the real world burns something as a tribute, you get Something from it, you get the the thing. Yeah, and, in the it afterlife. appears it yeah. appears in the spirit world. That's but, how they get things. But the the rest of that scene though, when they smell Cassandra Kane, these two women turn into like spirit <sighs> monsters because yeah. they, they want you to feed on the living person who's who's yeah. in the spirit world. So there's best like that that are fun, and maybe the reason why I like that the most is where it kind of turns into slightly horror. And yeah, I, I I tend to like stuff like this when it is more horror focused than mysterious. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual sort of more fantastical elements of it and. You know, uh, is it Xanthi? Is the name of the Xanthi, yeah. Main character, was their name, um, like they and Constantine. Who, who, by the way, like I think the art's pretty solid. But I will say I didn't realize that was Constantine the first couple of piles until they said me, me Constantine. And
1: you, you said about story stuff is taste. I think the art as well because it's very manga esque, mm. and I'm not a big fan of manga style art. Like if you are great, like there's nothing technically wrong with it it's just a taste thing and uh yeah I had a double take if that was Constantine Now they not said it was Constantine if they just called him John I'd be like oh this is a new character
0: it's, it's more obvious as it goes on and you see him yes. in different situations but that first mm-hmm. page when he's just sitting at the table mm-hmm. and there's like a cat on his head it's like yeah. it's not that easy to tell yeah but uh yeah it's, it's thing where i just and i kind of you know i kind of obviously knew this going in because uh, mm-hmm. dealing with the spirit world and stuff i knew it might not be quite for me because it's a bit too fantasy based you know like mm-hmm. spiritual stuff isn't necessarily my thing like i say when mystical stuff is more mysterious and they treat it as a mm-hmm. as a horror where it's like oh the fear of the unknown and it's like right. you know soul-crushingly dreadful that, that I I can get into that because it, you, you treat it as this like thing that we just can't understand. That's where kind of mm-hmm. the Lovecraftian or or whatever mm-hmm. kind of cosmic horror comes into it. Uh like I'm not saying this can't work for me, but I feel like it's an uphill battle. Like, you know, very few things with this type
1: of <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that we've done shows for as long as we have, and I can kinda I was reading this and I was like Ah, uh, Pete. Pete's gonna think this is too fantastical.
0: Yeah. So. And you know, and I love Cassandra Kane, obviously. So I think I mm-hmm. that she's a, a supporting character in yep. this. But, um, like I, I just you know, I, I got through it. I read it, and I went, you know what? This was a perfectly fine comic, but I don't think it's for me. And that that's okay. Yeah. You know, uh, like not everything yeah. has to be for me.
1: I'm I'm invested in enough. I can probably get past the art throughout. Uh, but just you know, I I need a little bit more from Xanthi as a character because I'm kind of confused on where they're actually from, because... um What was her name? Popo? The, the grandmother character? Talking about how she picks up strays.
0: Well, uh, uh, there's some important details here, you glossed it over, that we should probably explain. Uh-huh. So this grandmother character, Popo, mm-hmm. is in the spirit world, and she mm-hmm. looked after Xanthe when Xanthe ended up in the spirit world. Now, Xanthe, mm-hmm. of course, is back in the real world, because Lazarus' right. planet opened but, up things and whatnot. Right. But... So so this, this grandmother character ends up with Cassandra Kane and is looking after her, gives us some magic tea that'll basically yeah. hide her living and, scent. And the other
1: character that, that's with uh, Popo in, which is still a funny name to say, and Cassandra. Uh, what's his name?
0: Like oh, you're is asking it now.
1: <laughs> is, is it Benton? I feel like it's Benton or something along those lines. Uh, Bowen. Bowen.
0: There you go.
1: Bowen. Um, it, it feels like these are, are living people that have gotten stuck now in the spirit world, and that's with, with Xanthi. Um, I'm not sure, because reading the Lazarus planet stuff, I thought they had, you know, this was just like their thing. They dealt with the, the creatures crossing over, you know. Yeah, um,
0: and, you know, the end of the issue, like the big cliffhanger, is that, because the, the plot of the issue is that Xanthi and Constantine are trying to find a way to open the portal to the oh, spirit world to get Cassandra back, right? Right. Um, and that's why I heard going there as a, you know, in the, the, the setup, like mini story right. as a big plot point feels weird to, to you know, it, it, it felt there. really weird here. hear it's like, Hey, Cassandra's in the spirit world. This happened. And like, asterisks, mm-hmm. check out the last, like, I don't know. That right. feels like too big of a detail to not having your issue one. But, mm-hmm. um, so that's what the, the plot is. And they're sort of working on doing that and looking for magicians to help and whatever. Um, yeah. And Costangos
1: they, are calling a favor to a necromancer.
0: Yeah, and they end up yeah. having a fight with the spirits, and there's a bit oh, of lore sh- dropped here about what these spirits are, these... uh, yeah. uh I can't well, they, the name.
1: They call them a collective, which seems like it's, a, it's just like a, a melding of different kinds of spirit world creatures on the outside.
0: Oh, yeah, but like, earlier on, they were talking about mm-hmm. uh, how the spirits were showing up as... uh the, the, yeah. <laughs> Zhangxi or something like that. Zhangshi, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I also said Zanzi three times, which is the you know the planet that John Stewart's yeah. famous for
0: murdering. So, uh, yeah, but that's that's what yeah. the plot all is. But whilst they're doing this, and after they've had their fight and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, the the cliffhanger at the end is that a woman shows up and uh talks to to Xanthe, and Xanti's like mum, question mark, and that's the so. Clearly, I think issue two, I presume, because it's going to be this 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 conversation between Xanthi and their mother, right. will probably enlighten a lot of what the backstory is and how yeah. they ended up going to Spirit World, how they became disconnected with their mother, mm-hmm. and so on. Because cause this issue doesn't really solidify a lot of it. It just kind of hints at a couple things.
1: Yeah. But. Yeah, well, and I, I really like that scene too when Xanthi and Constantine go to that necromancer mm. and they get in there and it's like this it looks like a, a, like a hunting parlor with all of these taxidermy animals. And then this two headed goat. Cause they realize like, Oh, these are creatures that are from the other side as well. And John has a comment that this necromancer is like, yeah, is not just fine conjuring life. He wants to create it from scratch, which I think that'll pop up as well. Um, but then one of the, that double goat head starts like screaming and they get around and there's a collective there. And I thought that scene was very well. Very well paced and handled. Yeah, and it was a bit creepy, so I, I really like those aspects of it as well. Uh, in addition to the more mythological side of things, so I'm I'm gonna stick around for at least the next issue. Um, yeah, plus, think, you know, any character that wields a gigantic sword like that, cool by me.
0: I think one of the other things is like a pacing thing for me, mm-hmm. and not that there's bad pacing in this issue. But when yeah. I, mean, I talk about how it can appeal to me, some of this because you know them going mm-hmm. to this mansion where the necromancer is. Mm-hmm. And let the the animals on the wall start coming to life and attacking yeah. them, and it is a very horror themed mm-hmm. scene. But I wasn't that into it because it all happened so mm-hmm. quickly that I didn't think there were like I think for me to like that, I need cr- some creepy scenes of them going through the building and starting to notice right. little signs. I, it needs to be a bit more grounded mm-hmm. in how it builds up to things. Whereas this is a more fantasy based book in the sense that right. it just just keeps like hitting it keeps going to ten immediately. And right. I, th- I think one of the interesting things is that. This this sort of like horror fantasy stuff that I do kind of like tends to be TV or low budget movies, and I think the reason is is that because you can't just do what you want because you have to have a budget, it forces them to be more grounded, and I, I tend right. to prefer that. I think uh, between the two, but I mean, no that that makes sense. It's mostly a taste thing, though, like I say, like that's, yeah, this this book is perfectly yeah. fine. I do have that one critique about a major plot point not being an issue yeah. one, but other than that, okay. it's it's yeah. perfectly solid. Yeah, uh, I. I...
1: I mostly enjoyed this, so just, again, the art is my taste thing, that, you know, uh, but other than that, yeah, um, it, it, I'm glad this book can exist, and I'm glad that Cassandra Cain's involved, too, because it's nice to have a, you know, because I'm not a Constantine fan, so to have a familiar character pop up amongst these new ones, yeah, that's always a nice touch.
0: Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm glad they are trying books like this, for sure, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm looking forward to the other ones and seeing, you know, cause there's, there's mm-hmm. four, I I assume I'm going to like at least one of them, if not a yeah. couple. so. Um uh, what are you rating Spirit World issue one? I think mean, this is a seven point five. Yeah. I'll still go with a, a seven, even though I don't really think it's for me. I can't really discount it too much. But I just know I don't really feel that impassioned mm-hmm. to read more of it. So uh but that's Spirit World issue one. Stargirl and the Lost Children, issue six, Jeff John's writing Ted, uh Todd Nuck on the art. So yeah, this is the this is the ending. Uh, do you know what there's something really obvious here that we really mm-hmm. should have seen coming, but for some reason I never considered it. Which was which is? just the simple idea that Stargirl like opens this by saying, Oh, when I was on the GSA and it shows you like them and the ship from that early Jeff Johns, mm-hmm. you know, GSA yeah. story, and it's like our man's my friend and I'm going to help him cause something's not right with him. I just right. I never expected them to pull on those strings of like, hey, yeah. she was on a team with him. And maybe it's just because I didn't realise that this star girl had I, that in her backstory.
1: <laughs> yeah. I well and I kind of forgot. Because again, Stargirl's been gone for so long.
0: Well that that's the thing, like yeah. obviously rebirth like brought back a lot of things in mm-hmm. anyway, so I guess yeah, all that got restored, but yeah. I guess I just never considered that oh yeah, this is gonna be someone that she worked with before and Instead of being like, "Who are you? Why are you being a villain?" She's right. like, "Okay, something's wrong with you. I have to help you." I want to help, yeah. And sure which, enough, there's something in his brain that's making him do shit. Yeah, so. and
1: I literally in his brain, which I I did yes. love that aspect literally, of Yes, literally, there's like a chip
0: <laughs> in his brain that's yeah. making him do stuff because he's he's a futuristic uh,
1: android that somehow also has a mechanical brain. Which again, comics, I love it. This is why I read this silly stuff. Yeah, um, it turns out to be Karke from the future, the Time yeah, Master. From, from a potential future, because now yeah. we're doing the timey wimey stuff. And yeah,
0: at, at the end, Corky is like upset because uh, now he thinks everyone uh, hates him, and he's like, "Well, I've right. really become that." And the other Time Master is like, "Nah, that was a potential future. <laughs> We've already dealt with him now.
1: We've already dealt with him, but this isn't why you're not allowed to have friends." And I thought, <laughs> man, that was this might be the darkest John statement that I've read in in quite some time.
0: Uh, yeah there was a lot of fighting early on i don't really have much to say about that per se yeah. but uh i did think the uh star girl caring about our man as a friend actually did yeah. kind of it surprised me and hit me a little bit mm-hmm. in a way i wasn't quite well, anticipating
1: because that's what it seems like this this last issue is about also is you know this friends and family and legacy and what that means right so like star girl as well as a legacy just like that our man is and you know so she feels a kinship with him with that, not just because they're on the JSA together, is that what they represent and that she wants to help out because it's her friend, but also what that means. At least that's how I read it. What what that means throughout. Because um, no one would want to leave her behind.
0: Yeah, uh, it turns out uh, Corky's there to take Wing and put him back in the timeline because he's supposed to die yes. saving the universe. Right. Uh, so
1: so young Corky, kid version of Corky. Yeah, young Corky, yeah. That, so, that was
0: his mission which he does and wing sort mm-hmm. of accepts this and agrees to do it uh yeah. even though no one else wants to let him but he does it he saves the universe but uh as he's jumping into the the, the timeline again mm-hmm. uh star girl uses the staff and mm-hmm. like sort of basically holds on. everyone holds on to her and they yeah. all get dragged back into the the real timeline again yep. uh which is how everyone gets home so uh, Courtney shows up at home with like you know thirty missing teenagers. <laughs> it, it
1: kind of reminded me in Bill and Ted when they show up in the time machine, in in the back, and they all start start talking to Missy. Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: and there's a little tease for the the Jay Garrick story where uh, mm-hmm. you just hear some you know you hear Judy calling Dad. Uh, yeah, which
1: that. which I, I found curious in that Johns wrote into this that because of paradoxical stuff. Because of the future Corky, this is how I took it too, the future Corky taking them out of time the way that he did, they couldn't go back to their time because it had already moved or solidified, yeah. so because of paradoxical things, they have to remain in Courtney's time.
0: Yeah, so uh, I'm assuming this yeah. J won't remember having a daughter and he's going right. to have to get to know her in the new miniseries, which is which is fine, right. like, that sounds like a fun yeah. story to do. Yeah.
1: For sure. But I also like that they point out like characters that have families, like Ladybug, right? Like they're gone. And, you know, they're they're these kids out of time. So well, I thought that was all very, very interesting for John's to point Courtney's out.
0: Courtney's also formed a team with these characters called the Young Justice Society, which is a cool right. name after to... <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not
1: well, bad. Well, and, and it's fusing that legacy name of Young Justice with Justice Society, so uh, that's good. Uh, but yeah, the the mother the mother goose stuff. Or Mother Goose, whatever her name was. The bird lady. Um, I thought that was all pretty cool when, when she gets that face mask cracked and she's got a, a full-on beak underneath. You know, it was all very, very creepy. Um, but Knox art in this one, I like the layouts a lot. Like, there's a lot of cool sequential stuff. Like, there's that double-page spread with Courtney, and she's doing, like, a flip, and she's going over, like, the whole battle scene. It's actually, we, like,
0: two or three two-page layouts that are all the same yeah. four vertical panels. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the last one, I think, is the one where she's doing the flip through the panels. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think I think that all looked really, really nice, because you, you know, and all the characters really pop. Like, none of them are, like, they, lack of detail.
0: They so. do. I, I will criticize it a bit, because I feel like, mm-hmm. like, three or four of the issues of this book have mm-hmm. been, like, all the same characters in these big fight scenes, where there's just a <laughs> and, mass of bodies. True, so, true. I will say it's a little hard to, like, I don't know, sparse any of it out and like, see meaningful yeah. parts in some of it, but yeah, uh, it works well enough. Uh, it does say at the end, uh, we'll see Stargirl and the Young Justice oh. Society in JSA issue 6, right. which I have to point out that if JSA hadn't kept being delayed, uh, that would have probably been coming out quite soon, but I think we've right. only had, what, three issues of that so far? Three. Yeah. yeah. So, it'll be a little bit then, because we're still waiting on issue 4, but, right. yeah, JSA is coming, so yeah. very cool. sure. Um, so you know, it does feel like ultimately this is going to tie in to that main GSA story uh, a mm-hmm. little bit down the line, and it would it would have been timed really well if the other one had not been pushed back. But yeah, hey, it is what it is. Um, but, but I yeah. do appre- I do appreciate like Star caring about our our man. I d- mm-hmm. for some reason I never considered that happening, and it actually was like it was the heart that made this last issue work. I mm-hmm. think right. um, beyond just the fun setup of okay, we've got all these characters now. Court is yeah. going to work with them. We'll see what they do with that. So yeah, yeah,
1: and cool. them them knocking his brain out and taking the chip out, I thought it was very funny. <laughs> so you know, but, yeah, but yeah, no, very very fun read. Um, nice nice fitting ending. Still wasn't expecting quirky, timey whiny stuff. So it was the line that Our Man had about the raccoon, always having troubles. You know, always having trouble, and I was like, huh, that's a weird statement. Is this you know, has Our Man been fighting? the the time masters and so wasn't expecting I, it to be Corky. I do
0: like when the old carcass shows up through the portal mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. got the raccoon that the, the yeah. or the beaver whatever it is. It's um, a raccoon. Like I like how even the raccoon looks like kind of like like, like like he's been through a war. You know, he looks yeah. like he's been in Mad Max or something. Where yeah. they both like they've had a rough time. Yeah, uh, that gave me a chuckle.
1: Um, and also the darkness of the of the time masters too painted there at the end about how. You know, we're not allowed to have friends and family cuz mm. we're on
0: a very important mission. Oh yeah, I mean the last panel of the book is uh, Corky mm-hmm. just looking depressed as hell yeah. because like everyone hates him and he, he, he's yeah. terrified that he can never be anything else. Right. So. So,
1: but yeah, curious to see how that plays off in with you know the unjust stuff. Yeah. Cuz he's also popping up in that book, right? Like well, not him, definitely the time masters. So. Uh,
0: we'll see. Yep. All right. What are you rating Stargirl and the Lost Children issue 6? I'm going to give this an 8. I had a good time with it. I'll probably just go a 7 again, I think. Mm. Uh, You know, some of the, the big group fighting scenes just feel like we've seen about five of these already with all the same characters. <laughs> True. So, but, you know, I, you know, I did like the heartfelt parts of it. And uh, I like, you know, John's playing with all the continuity stuff, typically. So uh, good stuff. All right. Danger Street, issue 6, Tom King writing Jorge Fornes on the art, Mm -hmm. and, you know, as always, but this is all these ongoing threads, uh, running alongside, and sort of taking us to the next part, so, because of the fight that Starman was in, the kids now have Starman, the dingbats have Starman tied up, not that, once he wakes up, of course, towards the end of the book, it's it's not like the restraints are going to do much, but
1: that cracked me up so much. He just kind of stands up and the ropes fall. And I was like, oh, yeah, they're the dinghats. Of course, they're not good at tying guys up. Well, I also, ass-
0: I also assumed they had, like, extra well, strength. strength. Yeah,
1: yeah, but to me, it's funnier that they they thought they had him, but it was only because he was, you know, uh,
0: knocked out. Yeah, I think the interesting thing in this is that out of nowhere at the end of this, at least I think it's out of nowhere. I don't think mm-hmm. this was, like, hinted at before, unless I'm forgetting mm-hmm. it from a previous issue. Mm-hmm. but uh, Lady Cop has, like, a Doctor Fate helmet on her desk, and she's, like, talking to it, but then she looks mm-hmm. at it closely, and she mentions it's, like, a Halloween Doctor Fate thing, yeah. and she looks at it closely, and it's got the Green Team like logo mm-hmm. in the corner, and I'm like, okay, so we've had this, like, device where the Doctor Fate helmet's the one that's narrating this story, mm-hmm. and now, the first time a Doctor Fate helmet, outside of the, uh... The one that The, the narration panels... No, no, because because uh, Warlord and that had one, right? They had mm-hmm. Doctor Fate's helmet because they yeah, used yeah. that for uh thingy, right? Right. But if this is the one that they ha- had, like, why does it have Green Team stamped on the corner? It's a great question. Because I took the Green t- Team stamp to mean, oh, this is just a like a, a Doctor a Fate, Fate mask they sell in a store, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> kind of thing. Right. Uh, yeah. but if oh, that... That's a so
1: great. I didn't even consider that. I just was like, oh, they've they've made a copy of this. Yeah, like maybe they switched it out or something. Like there's there's something shady going on in the town. Oh, do
0: you think that's why it didn't work correctly and it, it brought in uh, Atlas maybe, instead? Maybe I'm um, I'm not maybe. too sure, but it seems
1: like they're it was charged with some kind of energy, right? Because that's why yeah. Metamorpho was there. Was well, That's so,
0: interesting. Yeah, I I mm-hmm. don't know. It was it was an interesting little moment to, to end on it. It just got me thinking about like how the fate helmet's sort of fitting into things. Yeah. So. Uh, Manhunter is coming after, uh, the third of the four green team members. Now mm-hmm. we know that the main one, the Commodore dude, mm-hmm. Commodore. um, he's made a deal with, uh, the, Codename Assassin. Codename Assassin. Thank you. You knew I wasn't going to really remember that. I got, right. I got you these. Cause
1: yeah. I also did some research after I read this one to keep the green team straight. Oh, so,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so this one is waiting and tries to run away. It tries to shoot uh, Manhunter for mm-hmm. a start. Uh, but he hesitates and he ends up running out the window. And a great panel uh, where he's like sort of jumping in front of the uh, the, mm-hmm. the sound effect for the glass smashing that he's yep. just jumped through. And he lands in a pool. It's very Lethal Weapon 2. You know that scene in Lethal yeah. Weapon 2 where they throw Leo out and they all mm-hmm. jump out and they land in the pool? It reminded mm-hmm. me a lot of that.
1: Yeah. Well, because I was like, oh man, he just jumped out. How is he? And then when Manhunter looks down, he's in the pool giving him the finger. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah, oh, that was such a good scene.
0: Uh, oh, it's a great scene, yeah. Yeah. so uh lady um, cop tries to talk to warlord and he says piss off i'm not telling you anything uh, that,
1: was, that was the thing too with warlord being a pilot and going missing and he's on awol mm. um so like we all know that he's the warlord but to her it's like oh he's just this crazy guy that is you know he's, he's got ties to the death of this kid
0: yeah you know uh meanwhile uh to try and buy orion more time to like track mm-hmm. down uh star Starman or whatever mm-hmm. um high father and dark side are unleashing this massive power between both their planets to try and buy in time with whatever force yeah. is about to destroy Which, the universe
1: yeah so this is the same power that split the you know the third world into the fourth world that is why new genesis and apocalypse
0: yeah it was the energy exists. that was created when they split mm-hmm. apart so they're kind of like fusing fusing again right. or something right yeah which i think is very interesting
1: because to put them on the same side right like this i realize this issue was is all about balance and i'm wondering if this is because it's the sixth issue
0: mm, that right? makes sense yeah i i also i like some of the dialogue there where like just before they do it uh mm-hmm. dark says like i pity you uh high yeah. father and high father's like and i love you dark side like you know it's like yeah. it's like the alternative like yeah. terms i don't know it was interesting no uh, it was good yeah it
1: was very on brand for both of them
0: yeah and the kids are entertaining again they're arguing about video <laughs> games uh, there's more grapes as you grapes. expect he's <laughs> supposed to be burgers but he loves grapes so much that's all he bought yes uh, and like they want dinner and they just brought grapes yep. back so you've got that and so the running thing with the, this uh, green team one who survived mm-hmm. is that he has uh, been cut off from his finances the, the main yep. one commodore has cut him off from everything. So he's right. realizing that as he goes to the bank and tries to take out money, he tries to call Commodore, who ends up hanging up on him, and he's getting livid and angry, and he's like, you know, you're killing me. Yep. Uh, he yells in front of Jack, Jack Ryder, who's out in front of the building. Right. So he's, like, getting desperate, and he's on the run from Manhunter, but he's been kind yep. of left out to dry. So it's really setting up Commodore as the uh, as, as the, the main thing. villain. But anyway, actually, which reminds me of the other thing about the Green green Team stamp on Mm -hmm. the Dr. Fae helmet that I wanted to mention, is that I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the first time that the Green Team side of the plot has in any way connected with the the Dingbat side of the plot. Because there's like four or five plot threads going on, but they're kind of split into two camps where obviously Warlord, Starman and all that, feeds into mm-hmm. orion and it feeds into the dingbats who feeds into lady cop but right, then
1: but they're all very compartmentalized for the most part
0: yeah but they they are they're all connected to each other whereas right. on the other side of the coin you've got uh, the green team which connects to manhunter which connects mm-hmm. to all that stuff right but that mm-hmm. and jack Ryder and that all feels very separate green team being stamped on this dr fate helmet I think is the first time that there's like a connection that crosses over between those two between sides. Between the green
1: team and the, right. So this is what led me to, to do a little bit of research about the green team and, and the Dean bats, right? And so basically both of them were created by Jack Kirby. One was created by Joe Simon. I think it was also the green team. To kind of to pop up for the Newsboy Legion. Um which had disappeared from the pages of of Superman and stuff. They wanted a new version of those. And so the point of the green team was they were teen billionaires. That was in order to join the green team, you had to have a billion dollars, which in the seventies, that's like, you might as well say a trillion. Right. And so each of them came from different aspects, right? So you had the Commodore who was from a shipping family. You had the, um, the, the oil one who I'm forgetting his name right now. Right. Um, then you had the the movie guy who is all about finding the next star. That's right. Yeah, he the
0: made producer. Yeah, but obviously his... he was he was killed last issue.
1: Right. And so now you have the fourth guy who I, think, I believe his name's Abdul. Um, he got his money from a glitch in the bank because he was just a shoe shine kid. He was a kid with just a regular job. Went mm. to put money in the bank, and there was a there was a glitch that ended up leaving him with over a billion dollars. Right. So. In order to counteract these teen billionaires, what they were going to do is they were going to have the Dingbats Bats of Danger Street who were just your average street urchin kids. And there's four of them and four of the green team. And that's who it kind of focused uh, on. Um, so I think it's very curious now that we are missing one Dingbat, Bat and we're getting down to where there's might be only one uh, green team member. Yeah. Right. No, and, and so it's all about, to me, all about that balance again.
0: So basically, then, to to tie this into the other plots here thematically, mm-hmm, you've mm-hmm. got Dark Side, you got you've got High Father, you've got Apocalypse, and you've got New Genesis. Mm-hmm. You similarly have the Green Team being the Dark Side of right? things, and you've got the Dingbats potentially being the the right. likable, right? You know, New Genesis team, and not right. that they got anything to do with those things. I just mean no. in terms of the right. the you know the the, the yin and the yang, the the, the, the two sides, sides yeah. yeah. the matching Uh, equals parts yeah Uh, but what
1: gets but what gets me about this is that abdul character right he has more in common with the dingbats than he does the green team mm. right he came from the streets so when he's telling manhunter i'm not like the other ones right i uh, you know i i did things to get to this point that the other ones didn't do i'm a wild card i thought that was all very curious and then we'll i'm sure we'll get to that to the the back part
0: uh, yeah, the there's, there's an interesting scene where Lady Cop's talking to the coroner and mm-hmm. they're like, why did they steal the kid? Because you know, they were trying to revive the dead body, right? And mm-hmm. they, obviously they don't get to that conclusion. They never consider that's what they were trying to do. Right. They, they're like theorizing, ah, uh, maybe they just wanted to like hide the body because if there's no body then there's technically no crime or something. There's no crime, right. But, uh, you know, ultimately that's kind of weird. But the, but something I never considered up until this point is the coroner mentions, oh, and that muscly guy we got which is the one that uh, they killed? It was Atlas. Right. They right. like, hey, we've got this muscly guy in here. What do we do with him? And like, oh, we don't know yet. But right. I do think it's interesting to, to have pointed out that we have that dead body lying in right. the you know the town in the slab. Yeah. So yeah. very, very interesting kind of like stuff to uh, to point out here. But yeah, as the book sort of gearing up to to end, uh, uh, Abdul, as you just reminded me, who mm-hmm. his name was. Uh, yeah. the, you know this, this green team member who's on the run he goes to someone uh, he knocks on a door and she's basically piss, telling him to piss off and he's like mm-hmm. no please please I'm desperate I've got no money or I do have money but you can't access it so it's kind of a lie right. uh, and she gives in and lets him in even though she doesn't want to because he kind of betrayed them and it turns out he actually comes from this group of misfits and she refers to this group as the outsiders which up until this point we have been kind of leaning towards that's a fake thing that doesn't exist that they're just using as a scapegoat. Right. Uh, you know, this boogeyman that they can use to influence mm-hmm. people. But it turns out there is a team called the Outsiders and it's mm-hmm. this weird group of, you know, different mutant mutant characters effectively. <laughs> Doom Patrol cast, off, cast offs if you ask kinda. me. Oh, I mean, yeah. the, the, the girl who was at the door, because you only see mm-hmm. her face at first, but when you see her full right. body, she looks kind of like she's got the body of the thing, but with like flippers right. for hands. Right. She's like very scaly looking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think the color of her skin plus the blue tank top made me think of Fantastic Four. Okay. Yeah, I got Fantastic Four vibes. Yeah. But there's like a lizard looking dude. There's like a psych cy- or a yeah Cyclops with one eye. Yeah. There's a dude with like a red kind of face. There's like a big brain looking individual, mm-hmm. and then there's yeah. someone in like a little go kart who we don't we don't even see from the front. We only see him from behind. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so there is an actual outsiders. And it's almost like are they are saying that he came from this group? This this was his dingbats, and he's right. Even though visually there's nothing weird about Abdul, he looks like a normal yeah. kid.
1: But who knows all that money, right? Mm-hmm. Who knows what he's what he's done? You know? Like okay. has he has he changed himself? We don't know. And this so I looked these guys up. This is new. This, these are all as far as I know, okay. I couldn't find anything in the cancelled cavalcade that lines up with this because when you look up the outsiders the first thing that comes up is is the patreon book that you've been reading yeah the, the,
0: yeah the batman's team yeah
1: right exactly so nothing so this is to me as far as i know this is all original
0: yeah um one little plot detail here that might be important later is when he says he has money uh mary mm-hmm. the character is she says sure. we know you have money you you stole we're the ones you stole it from remember so that might be something mm-hmm. that you know we expand right. upon in the future um so very interesting so because i know you looked up and he said he got yeah. his money from a glitch it feels yeah. like there may be more to it in this story yes
1: and so and that's why when he's telling the manager i'm different than the rest of them right he he screwed over his friends it seems like yeah. he stole from them to go right take from them to go build himself an empire um because we're still not sure what exactly his his specialty in the green team was right like, you know, how, how there's the oil guy and there's the shipping guy, uh, and the producer. He was just one of the green team. So I'm curious to see, you know, where he came from.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, just mentioned briefly is a scene where Jack Ryder goes up to talk about mm-hmm. the fact that he saw Abdul yelling outside, yeah. and Commodore just kind like, of, ah, it's a PR thing. He, he did something he shouldn't have, and we, you mm-hmm. know, we. We can't really go into it, but he's been let go kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, I don't think you ever see him, though. They actually keep Commodore off-panel, even in the scene that he's talking to someone. They keep him kind of mysterious, which makes me wonder, has he got a new look? Because he's, you know, put himself in this position as the only you know, the green one, the green individual, the green man, whatever they're going to call him that. The almighty. Yeah. So So. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's not a solid issue. Like, I I Mm -hmm. think... This one doesn't stand out to me as much as some of the the recent issues. Not because there's anything wrong with it, just because those had bigger, like more exciting story beats. But this was still yeah. a great continuation of all everything, and yeah. the fact that we're sitting here talking about you know mm. all these plot threads and even the exciting possibility that like, because you assume that eventually the two sides of this story that are very separate right now mm-hmm. are going to um, come together, and to yeah. an extent, even the all the new God stuff feels very separate to everything yeah. for the most part as well.
1: Right. Cause I mean, they unleashed that power and you know, to, to aid Orion. Right. Cause it feels like they need someone to do Atlas's job of holding everything up. So, you know, we'll see where all that leads to, but yeah, just that whole scene with, with a uh, high father kind of in the garden and, you know, dark side in his, you know, endless wasteland, you know, uh, that was uh, again yeah, all that balance type stuff. That image was super cool as they're unleashing the, the power. Uh, but you know this book is so so good.
0: It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it, it it's juggling all these plot threads and characters. It's doing something, you know, very interesting with with mm-hmm. most of the characters that the vast majority of people will never have heard of. Nope. And it, it it's building a narrative around them that all feels like it's very layered and ha- has a lot to say. And we we don't quite have the full picture yet of what it's saying, but we're, we're you know we're building up and we're getting yeah. there, and that's part of the fun of reading it and talking about it. Uh, and Fornes are, unsurprisingly, is very strong once again. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> like, I feel like he's almost at a a deficit or like a a disadvantage, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, compared to you know because he did Rorschach, and mm-hmm. Rorschach was such a tour de force with his artwork that this is yeah. excellent. And it's just sadly, like I don't know if it's ever going yeah. to be quite as memorable of his, as his Rorschach art, yeah. but it's still very, very strong, and is doing really yeah. great things with it, the sequential storytelling.
1: I, I say he—I feel like he took more chances with some of the art in Rorschach because the story itself was a kind of more based down, you know, kind of like this hard-boiled detective story as we're unveiling all these layers. Whereas I feel here, King's really going out of his way to the story, and Fornes is doing. No, a bang-up job, nonetheless. But I feel like he's taking less chances, and it's more straightforward in his storytelling. Uh, well Does that make that sense?
0: Th- th- this, is, this is juggling a lot more different types of character and yeah. like, tones, which you know mm-hmm. means that it doesn't necessarily. Whereas Rushak was just like uber focused. Right. It's got one mm-hmm. style that it is going to do right. exceptionally well.
1: I just go back to that one issue in Rorschach that played with the colors, with mm. the different timelines. You know. And uh, stuff like that. And here, here we're juggling different timelines, but they're all, you know, very—they're all very much, I feel like, based in the same world, you know. And we're just jumping around. So. Well, so They're, it's the,
0: well, they're not different timelines. They're all—they're all happening. They're all
1: no, same. When I mean timelines, different, different spots, different these different stories. Plot threads. Plot. There we go. Plot threads. <laughs> so it's you know, again, less less risk taking and more straightforward. But that's okay. That's what the stories. Calling for because to me mm. this a lot of the risk taking is being told is being done through the story and not so much the art.
0: Yeah. Uh. So what you rate in Danger Street issue six? I'm giving this an eight point five. Yeah, I think I agree with that. It's not the best issue it's had, but not mm-hmm. because there's anything wrong with it by any means. Just because uh, it didn't quite hit me as hard as maybe the last two issues did, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Excellent stuff. Can't wait to the next one. Can't wait till King's next. You know he's doing Wonder Woman. I don't know if he's got another 12 issue yeah. thing planned, but I'm sure there's something at some point. So, all right, very good. All right. So every month on patreoncom TV, you can make myself or Connor read a book at one of the higher tiers. Um, well, there's limited slots admittedly. Yes. Italy. Like, you know, it can, can't be tons of them, but um. I, I, of course, have been... Ever, ever since I finished Animal Man, I am working through Batman and the Outsiders from the 80s. Um, we had, like, a two-part kind of intro to the team uh, over the first two issues, and this one kind of, like, takes us to the next, next step. I think what I thought was interesting, though, is that we're definitely in a more serialized era of comics, even though it's still quite, obviously, far back by today's standards, because a lot of this issue is... Like, you know, we, we actually start with a team. We, we, we tease, you know, a villain uh, at a chemical plant. Uh, you know, the villain of this issue is Agent Orange, who is this guy who wants <laughs> to spray orange chemicals on everyone. Uh, so he's, like, sneaking out of uh, plants and chemical warehouses and things like that and stealing shit. Uh, and he kills a security guard in the first page. But when we come back to our, our main characters, uh, it does a couple of interesting things. Is that we actually see the characters leave Markovia, so it's you know very much in continuity it's not just mm-hmm. you know like I, I feel like an older comic it have just like cut to them oh they're already a team they've got a base and whatever but this issue takes the time to say this is them leaving um and it does so from the perspective of of, of brian um of geoforce mm-hmm. who we hear a bit of his narration we see him say goodbye to his brother he's vowing to come back trained to be the hero of markovia all that stuff but, you know, we hear what he thinks as he's, like, flying alongside the black plane and he's looking at this team and going, what a bunch of weirdos. I'm, You know, I'm teaming up with a girl with amnesia and this weird Japanese assassin chick and uh, Metamorpho's just, well, weird. <laughs> and then there's Batman, right? And he's like, okay, I hope this is the right choice. So its I thought it was really smart to start off with the perspective of this issue of one of the other members who's not Batman. So they sort of say, okay, let's make it clear that these are also the main characters of this book and let's have one of them... Have their thoughts on what's happening as we start off. But you know, it takes time to establish that he that uh, Bruce has bought them a penthouse for the two girls to live in. So Katana and Halo are going to live in this penthouse that he's bought. And then the base for the outsiders is kind of like a cave underneath that. Um there is some, you know, like you have to just kind of go with it stuff with uh like Batman's secret identity. Because I actually I, I didn't realise it was going to take the time to, so, so Batman calls ahead to, to Alfred and says blah 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 and Alfred actually recognises like, there's a code in what he said which basically means I'm bringing people to the Batcave but I need the secret identity to stay intact and I was like oh that's quite smart they've put that in and I thought that was a really neat little touch but then almost the very next panel made me laugh because they're flying over Wayne Manor and like, Batman just flat out admits that this is Bruce Wayne's house and that he pays for a lot of Batman stuff and I'm like, I'm just going to have to accept that none of these characters are instantly going to go, wait, so you're Bruce Wayne then, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because they should, and they don't. So Suspension of disbelief. Yeah, this is just like an old school comics thing. This is yeah. just, you know, you just have to go with it and accept it. I,
1: it's like uh, Tony Stark is Iron Man's benefactor.
0: Yeah, uh, it's all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, but you know, they, they react to the Batcave. Uh, the villains, like, assemble in a little team, and it's basically just a team of soldiers who all have orange berets on, because, you know, orange is his color. He's Agent Orange, right? So still love the Agent
1: Orange is responsible for so much bad stuff from the 70s, and now in the 80s they were making him a
0: generic comic book villain. Well, his motivation, he's, like, riling he, the... Yeah. His soldiers aren't happy that he blew up somewhere, because some people died when he blew yeah. up this power plant, or this uh, chemical plant, and he's, like, Ah, oh, I don't care about them. They didn't care about you when you came back from Vietnam, and you couldn't get a job, and they called you child killers. No, no, no. We have to you know take back this country. So it is hitting on some political stuff. And keep in mind, yeah. this is the early eighties, so it's only been a decade or so. Yeah, since. it's still fresh in their minds. Yeah. Uh, but I laughed though because for some reason, their base where they're working out of this this you know Agent Orange and his men, mm-hmm. they're in Gotham Square Garden, which looks exactly like Madison Square Garden, and I'm like. How did they get the arena? Like, uh, how is that their base?
1: <laughs> man, I just know it costs a fortune to run Madison Square Garden, so these guys must be loaded.
0: Yeah. Well, no, the it like it's empty, like it's abandoned or whatever. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, no. I tell like there's a in the panel. There's a thing here. There's a little sign on the panel that says "scheduled for demolition." So so it's, yeah. not, so it's not being used. So. Gotcha. <laughs> why why, why yeah. is Gotham Square Garden being demolished? Yeah.
1: Are they building something um, bigger? <laughs> yeah, maybe they're building the, the akin to the Prudential Center down the road in, in Bloodhaven, but they'll still call it Gotham.
0: Oh, now that I'm no. thinking about it, though, they basically had the equivalent of this. It uh, may have even been the same name in the new Batman movie, didn't they?
1: I was going to bring that up, but, you know, uh, I couldn't remember the exact I, I details.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they call it Gotham Square Garden, but it's clearly no. based on Madison Square Garden, that building yes. and that movie. And so I think it's funny that that's clearly been something that's, you know... Like, I honestly think that's a callback to like any comics necessarily. It could be, you know, Matt Reeves could have done it because he knew this, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's also such an obvious thing to just be like, oh, they've got Madison Square Garden, but we'll call it Gotham Square Garden. Well, and and, you
1: know, Gotham in in, uh, Batman's early days, everything was a wreck. So if you had a guess that there'd be a, you know, shuttered arena, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're just doing some, yeah.
0: So, um, bruce takes halo out uh to a, like a, a doctor because she's got mm-hmm. amnesia shouldn't know who she is so we even have bruce like taking her around as if he's doing a favor for batman <laughs> and no one questions it but whatever uh i sound like i'm shitting on this i thought i actually really enjoyed this issue yeah. i love this stuff i really do like i love that it took the time to like sort of establish how he's setting them all up sort of you know while the villains sort of like gearing up what he's doing like a lot of the stuff for the main characters is like establishing. Okay, we've got this base now. Uh, we're dealing with Halo because she's got amnesia, um, and she starts playing a piano in the uh, the reception area for the the doctor. And they're like, "Oh, you can play piano. That that you know, this is a hint for who you used to be. You you've got a an aptitude. They call it specifically." Um, but uh, she picks a name. She picks Gabrielle and decides that for short she'll be called Gaby. not Gabby. They specifically say Gaby that rhymes with maybe. What's... Uh, that's such a silly, silly pronunciation for that. I know. Yeah, it's only one, only one uh, B, but still, right? Uh, it's spelled appropriately. Um, there is like a, a little moment here where when she picks her name, uh, Bruce, like sort of like lifts up her hand and kisses her hand and says uh welcome miss gabrielle doe that's the thing she keeps the last name doe she thinks doe is a good surname what her name is gaby doe well she says doe is a good surname but jane's kind of dull i'm like but doe is the part of jane doe that you don't like what (laughs) anyway oh boy 80s comics were a vibe uh so I'm sure he's he's just playing up the playboy thing, but there was a little moment where my eyebrow almost went up where I'm like, wait, Bruce, are you trying to bang this teenager? (laughs) Because that's what it almost feels like here. (laughs) He's not. I don't think he is. I think it was just like a little moment, and we moved on. Uh, And he's buying our clothes and all the rest of it. But he gets a a penthouse, or one of his old penthouses for Katana and Halo, and sets them up there. Um, There's a a cool little moment here, actually, where Black Lightning, when the, the rest of them come over, Black Lightning says hey, do you think it's a good idea to have those two being roommates, given that, you know, this Katana lady might be a bad influence in, in Halo? Because Halo's, you know, this younger, you know, she's a teenager. They, right. they establish she's about 17 here. Okay. And um, Batman, his response is actually quite cool. He responds saying, no, I think it would be good uh, for for Katana to have a young person around to lighten things up. And what, as he says that, there's a panel of like, the classic Batman and Robin swinging in the city. And he's basically saying, no, no, like, having a robin around did wonders for him. So he thinks it will be good for Katana to have this younger woman to, like, look out for and be, like, a, a positive... positive. And that was just a nice little touch to, like, sort of mm-hmm. tie in what his logic is. But he shows them their their, their base underneath this, this penthouse, and he gets a call from Alfred about Agent Orange being up to stuff, uh, or specifically some of his henchmen uh, digging up uh, toxic waste there's a farm that the government's like buried toxic waste in and these two henchmen are digging it up because they want the toxic waste so batman shows up and uh beats them up uh but then halo and katana show up uh, even though he told them to stay behind and uh you know uh, agent orange is about to maybe kill halo i mean we don't know for sure if mm-hmm. he's like gas or killer because you know she's super powered but uh there's a great panel here where so he, agent orange has got this like a uh, it's like a gas mask style outfit, right? That's orange, but he's got that that sort of old school thing where it's like a hose coming out of where the mouth is okay. to his to his suit, you know, somewhere in his suit. Uh, right. So there's a panel here where he's about to like you know fire his his uh, you know chemical sprayer at a uh, halo, and you just see the katana cut the hose. Uh, it's, you know like just the blade comes into frame and does it. Is this is just a really nice moment? Uh, so. Yeah, um... The race after the villains, um, they're able to take down one helicopter, uh, Force, and that. Uh, Katana's blocking bullets with her blade to protect Black Lightning. Uh, but Batman basically is dragged by Force while he's flying to go after the second helicopter, which has Agent Orange himself in it, so they're chasing him. Big helicopter scene. The helicopter drops the chemical bomb towards gotham right so it's falling mm-hmm. and basically metamorpho turns into like a big cup and geoforce tries to like contain it with these powers so they basically stop it from spreading they contain it stop it it's all fine and there's like, a great really little moment here actually where they're kind of celebrating halo hugs geoforce and they're like shit we should go help batman because batman basically uh, jumped onto the helicopter while they went to deal with the missile and they see the helicopter, like, explode in the distance, and they're like, oh, no, it can't be. And then, like, the next couple of panels is Batman swimming through the water with, like, uh, Agent Orange, like, in his hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's basically, like... So it's basically, like, a... like a To them, because they're rookies, they think Batman just died. But the readers, of course, are like, no. Nah, of course Batman yeah. didn't just die. Uh, so they, they kind of gloss over, like, how he takes in the villain. It's just kind of, like, treated like a... Which is actually really smart in a way, because... Like I said at the start of this issue, we're focusing on the perspectives of the new characters more than we are Batman, Um, which is smart because it makes them feel like they're more prominent characters. It makes us connect with them a bit more, and it feels more like a team book than just Batman with some weird supporting characters. It feels more like it is a team book, and I really like that, especially since some of them are new characters and need to be established. Uh, The one little tidbit at the end is is that when they come back to uh, the, the arena... And all of Agent Orange's men are there, sort of being you know, contained by the others. Um, Batman rips off his mask to reveal to the others, because earlier on when he was talking to all of his men, he's basically been claiming that his face was disfigured from like stuff like Agent Orange. Um, and that's part of his mm-hmm. motivation. He's like, We're going to drop the chemicals on the city that 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 ruined me. And Batman rips off his mask and he's completely fine. He was just using it as like a you know, like political speak to, right? You know, control them, uh. So they're all uh, pretty, yeah. So it basically, just ends with Batman saying, "As long as there'll be assholes like this, there'll be a need for my team." So, uh, motivation. So really cool. Uh, it's worth mentioning here that uh, it's after this issue that the the teaser issue, the introductory issue that I did at the mm-hmm. start of this. Uh, that's where that slots in. Uh, continuity wise. Gotcha. So just uh, for reference, but no, it was a really enjoyable issue. Um, It's probably my favourite of the the three so far Mm. I I think it I like that there is a sense of continuity that it does feel like it's got that running thing of we're establishing that they have these personalities and relationships with each other we're establishing how we're dealing with these characters you know whether it's the uh, the, although there is one kind of dated moment with Batman actually where when he tells Katana and Halo to like run after some of the, the goons he says take them alive Uh, if you can and I thought modern Batman would never say if you can he would just say take them alive uh huh (laughs) Uh, so
1: he'd look at Katana and say you leave the heads attached yeah
0: so Uh that felt a little bit like out of character to me but that's more of a like you know just a time thing where Batman Well, he was never a killer, he, you know. He, uh, well, maybe he was back in like the forties, but <laughs> you right. know, everyone was different back in the forties in comics. Like, you know, things hadn't been like properly solidified yet as like what the characters you know were. But that mm-hmm. um, just stuck out to him as a line. It's like, ah, okay, you would never have him say that now, but, right. uh, but no, really, really good, solid uh, ongoing comic book stuff, uh, and I'm enjoying seeing how the team interact and learning about, you know, I can't, like Halo. I barely know anything about, to be honest. So uh
1: yeah i was just re- researching as you were talking what her power set and stuff is and it's all very interesting yeah and her or, her actual origin which i don't think you've gotten to yet she no, just I'm, I'm, she's, has amnesia
0: so yeah i'm sure that'll come up i'm sure that's yeah. something that the book's building to so uh it's very
1: very interesting you can't you know uh might be the most uh intriguing thing about her so
0: mm. so yeah no it's solid stuff uh and you know they, they are of course is its time but it, it, I th- i think it's 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 really solid and, like you know simple simple things like Bruce like taking Halo around to get you know buy dresses mm-hmm. and stuff because she needs clothes or like all these moments like these moments are fun to to read as well even though they're a bit more simplistic by today's standards is you because know, it's easy for the stuff with the cool gas mask and like the the mm-hmm. orange chemicals to stick out because it's these big bombastic moments the helicopter chase at the end is quite fun you know so it has memorable memorable visuals uh, which is good so um. Yeah, I'd probably give us a solid 8 out of 10, to be honest. You know, it's it's all of its time, sure, but it's a really solid comic book. So uh, I'm into it. Uh, All right, there you go. That'll uh, take us out of the part of the show where we pick our favorite stuff of the week, favorite panel slash moment, favorite cover, favorite art, and uh, our top five books of the week. Which, oh, I read five books this week. So yeah, uh, Mm -hmm. I I could actually rank five books. Makes a difference. All right, panel slash moment, Matt, what do you have?
1: Um,. I really liked seeing the space dolphins and Superman. That was great. The, that four page, uh, like flip in star girl, but, uh, might as well be from green lantern. And it's going to be the first, you know, first page appearance of Hal when you turn the page and he's, you know, shining green in the dark, saving the miners. That uh, that was really cool.
0: Okay. Um, what do I, what am I picking? Uh, I think it's probably something from Danger Street. I just don't know what yet. <laughs> I mean, for if I was thinking from Danger Street it would be the
1: the metal fingers in the pool. Oh, so that that, was a, yeah. That was a wild moment or um the reveal of the green team logo on the Helm of Fate.
0: Yeah, those are good. Um Yeah. I would like see it in the morgue, actually. Uh, that had a really cool vibe it was, to it. But it actually, cool. maybe all in, maybe just like Starman casually sitting up and like taking off the rope as they're arguing about a video game yeah. is a really funny moment. Yeah, that's really fun. I'm gonna go with that. All right, uh, cover of the week. I I, I I didn't have any. Like there was no time this episode where you had a book and I didn't, so I didn't have time yep. to properly look. Gotcha. Uh, I can I
1: can vamp it if you want to look real
0: quick. Yeah, go on, you go. What would you want?
1: Yeah, so Green Lantern. There's a couple. Um, the main cover is really nice. I believe that's Germanico, uh, but there is a a cover as it's loading because of course it's taking forever now. Oh, but the an one. The hoodie. Do you like that one? <laughs> that one's okay. Yeah, that's a per, uh, Luca Perillo. Uh, but no, there's a um, the uh, Ariel Colon of uh, Hal and Carol at a fair, and he's made a big mallet, so he's going to do like this test of strength.
0: Yeah, that I... one's that one's really cool. Yeah, that one does look quite good. I do think Hal's body's a little bit weird shaped, but yeah. the overall vibe of it's really good. Mm-hmm. I like the, uh, the colors and the also the, texture the, of the Stampier
1: it. Here, Thumbs up from the from the pilot. Um, that's not bad. Yeah, that's good. Hal's, Hal's flying in formation uh, with them. So that's real cool. Uh, Star Girl has a um, Savage variant that looks really nice. Um, very different from the other Savage artwork from. The Power Girl book, uh, it looks kind of Bartell-esque with the colors and all of that. That looks super, super nice. Um, what are some of the other ones this week that really stood out? Uh, of course, it I hit the wrong button, and now I'm back. Um, Superman Lost has a couple. There's Ellie Weeks. That's just Clark on a white background. That's really striking. I'm a big fan of that one. Um... And, and then Danger Street has a has a um, Doc Shaner variant of the Bats. Mm.
0: That looks nice. So. What were you picking though?
1: Uh, for me, it's it's the Lee Week Superman. It's I I just love how stark it is.
0: Yeah, I think for me, I'll just go with the regular Green Lantern cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Interesting that Kilowog's on there and he, he wasn't in the issue, so I assume he might... He- yeah, he was referenced
1: though because he was like Hal's confidant.
0: Yeah, he met, he so. brings him up, but we not we never mm-hmm. see him, so yeah. uh, I suspect we may at some point. But uh that's cool. And Green Lantern's got a new logo. Uh yep. you know, as in the title of the book's got like a new font yep. and like sort of style, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh so cool. Um Alright, Art of the Week, Matt, what do you have?
1: This is this is the toughest for me. Because it's either Danger Street or Green Lantern.
0: Yeah, you got Zumanico, know- you got Foreigners. And- both yeah. are my
1: guys. However, I was so taken aback by the art in Green Lantern, I am going to give it to Zermanico.
0: Yeah, uh... You know, I'll give it to Green Lantern as well. I Like, I really... Obviously, Foreigners is great, but I, I think mm-hmm. uh, is really good. It's been a little while since we've seen some Zermanico art, so mm-hmm. it was a nice fresher breath there, I think, so I would agree with that. Alright, Matt, write your five books. Go.
1: Alright,
0: number one's going to be Danger Street,
1: uh, just by a hair, uh, Number two is Green Lantern. Three is Star Girl. Four is Spirit World. Five Superman Lost.
0: Yeah, number one for me is also Danger Street. Number two is probably Green Lantern. Number three Superman Lost. Four Star Girl and five Spirit World. Uh, yeah. No bad books certainly. No, uh, but uh, you know, a lot of sevens for me this week because you know there was you know, either some taste things or maybe some you know just. Uh, issues to bring up i suppose mm-hmm. on my end but uh it was a, it was a pretty solid enough easy, easy to read batch of books to be honest overall this week yeah uh so very cool and i had a good patreon book so that's always a nice little capper on the uh on the week so i'll tell you what is coming next week from dc comics so we have the flash 799 we got batman superman world's finest 15 wonder woman 799 superman issue 4 titans issue 1 Catwoman, issue 55. Batgirls, issue 18. Superboy, The Man of Tomorrow, issue 2. Batman, The Brave and the Bold, which is an anthology book, that's issue 1 of that. uh, Black Adam, issue 11. Cyborg, issue 1. and The Vigil, issue 1. And then, uh, there's a free thing, uh, Dawn of DC Primer, issue 1. So um we have a few issue ones next week we have yeah. uh we got titans issue one mm-hmm. i mentioned their cyborg issue one and the vigil issue one uh, yeah. all of which i am interested in to various degrees so uh should be an interesting week for actual book discussion next time
1: if titans is as good as i think it's gonna be i'm gonna be super annoying
0: just letting yeah. everybody know you're always super annoying that's not a- <laughs> that annoying as connor though right well, he's not annoying. He's infuriating. There's <laughs> a, Also, the world's finest tease of ultramorpho Good name. Good,
1: good name from Wade for a for a villain.
0: So yeah, and obviously with the these seven coming, those big eight hundred specials yeah. are going to be coming next month. So look forward yep. to those as well. Uh but yeah, that'll that'll do it though. That's uh three five six of comics from the multiverse. Let us know what you thought of these books in the comments and of course you can support all the content and support the show and help keep it coming by going to patreon.com slash mailfaz TV and supporting us over there. Uh mm-hmm. and maybe get the show early at the five dollar tiering up, uh whenever it's ready on the, the Saturday night, which is very late depending on your time zone, but uh yeah if, you, if that is of interest go and have a look uh, but otherwise that is the show so thank you very much for joining us we always appreciate it keep reading dc comics and remember to never get lost in the speed force